Hi guys, Lawrence here. This is the very first episode of Why Can't I Do Music Good that we have made available as a podcast. Now, we didn't know we were going to do this when we were filming the episode, so there's no references to it, but we will be talking about it next week. Um, however, if this is your first interaction with us, then there are several other ways that you can you can absorb the media. So, you can absolutely listen to us in podcast format, that's absolutely fine. But if you want to look at us, we are also on YouTube, and you can see the podcast in full on YouTube. But if more than that, you would like to actually get involved and talk to us while we're recording the episode, then you can watch each episode be filmed live on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash oddhobs. That's twitch.tv forward slash oddhobs. Um, so that's great. And without further ado, let's get on with the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Thursday, the 29th of April. It's 12 o'clock. Well, actually, it's seven minutes past 12. We got started a bit late here. My name is Lawrence Hobbs. My name is Theo Dehaney. And this is Why Can't I Do Music Good, a show where we talk whoa. about music. Whoa, whoa. It's another one. <laughs> another one. It's doing Craig David up in here. It's your boys. Um, it's your boys. <laughs> Respective boys. <laughs> Both me and him. Both him what and me. What up, brethren? Hello. <laughs> Hello, friend of mine. Which is your alumni. Um... It's a show where we talk about music, making music, why can't... Uh, fucking hell. Let's try again. Talk, uh, about, take it's two. a show where we talk about music, making music, why we're terrible musicians, what we're doing to get better about it. What he said. I got you, bro. You got me, bro. How are you, my friend? How are you? Really good, man. It's... Yeah, I've been, re I've been really looking forward to, to today. Oh, I love these shows so much. They're just... They're so cathartic. Like, mm. if you've had some... Uh, if you've had like a, a week where you've just had bullshit just building up on you, you know, you're like, you know what? On Thursday, I got to tell the entire internet about that bullshit. Yeah, it was great. Right. Um, and before, for example, you've been working in a pub all week. Exactly, man. I've still got to look forward to that. God, yeah. I seriously, yesterday, I really just wanted to go around the garden with a bowl full of scalding hot chips, just chucking them at people, <laughs> putting them down their shirts and shit. <laughs> well, let's avoid that just to make sure that nobody uses that again. Yeah, well, I'm not going to tell you where I work, so that's fine. <laughs> that's all right then. That's okay. Um, yeah, before we before we went live, we were very briefly talking about how how Squarespace is a stupid thing, um, yeah. and how it's uh, like nobody uses websites anymore. Like you are using a website to watch this, but you're not using the Why Can't I Do Music Good website because we don't have it because you don't go on it. You go on YouTube though, and you go on Twitch Would all the time. Yeah, like it doesn't it doesn't matter. And we were also talking about um, oh, how do we get onto it? I can't remember how we got onto it. What the, the propellers thing? Yeah. So yeah, so we were talking about. I was trying to come up with a metaphor. I was trying to come up with uh, the fact that you know in the '90s and the early noughties, websites all over the place like yep. everyone had a website and a website could actually be really good for you um most of the time then, the websites was some sort of incredibly eye burny color um oh, and oh, the awful graphics. font and uh, yeah yeah you'd have some sort of stock gif that was that was made from like seven frames um uh, and it was of a guy always there was always a guy shoveling 
There was always <laughs> a guy shoveling. And the reason why is because you didn't have the heart to say that your website was finished yet. So you just put a guy shoveling to say, hey, it's uh, still under construction. Whereas now we realize that a website is always under construction. And there's no reason for you to, to have to point that out ever. Well, yeah. <laughs> so they were. They were very much. Um, they were pretty. They were pretty nineties. Uh, yeah. Um, and then, but over time, I was saying about how it's like um, when uh, aviation first became a thing. Mm. Loads of different wing designs. Yeah. But over time, ah. well, we 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 are down to one wing design basically. Yeah, like well, there's there's you, different you know, wing you've got designs. Five planes and, like, yeah, so so as, to, as far as wing designs go, we're down down to three wing designs, and they all serve very specific functions. So you've got you've got your flat wing, and this is a, <laughs> airplane family nerd coming here. Um, you got your flat wing, your straight out wing, um, which you would see on like little crop dusters and biplanes, and well, some biplanes, um, and like little Cessnas and little trainers and stuff like that. Um, and that's like that's the traditional like wing of a smuggler. Yeah, if you're going to be smuggling cocaine out of out of South America, and you wear straight. the aviators, straight wings, that's that's the sort of th plane you're thinking of, um, and that's simply for like stability. Like you want to go, you want to just be easy to fly. It wants to be easy to fly. So that wing is is a nice stable shape, lets you fly, lets you just do the job. Then you have your swept back wing. And that enables you to go faster, but it's inherently less stable because of the way it interacts with the with the air currents. So it's it's good for going fast, and it's good for turning and going doing weird acrobatic stuff, which is why a lot of fighter jets use it. Um, and uh, but it's it's not as stable, so you need lots and lots of like computers and expensive equipment to keep the plane up in the air, which is uh, um, which is why they're so expensive. Um, and then the third type of wing you have is the delta wing, which is just a straight up triangle, just straight back like a like a like a cape that's got too much starch in it. Um, <laughs> um, and those are really really unstable, like super unstable. Right. Nerd, Meg says, <laughs> nerd. Um, I'm going to tell you uh, some some funny stuff in a second. Um, but the uh, the delta wing is like a super unstable wing shape. Can go even faster than the swept back wing, and you like, you know when uh, when Buzz Lightyear's like, this isn't flying, this is falling with style. Mm. Those planes, those planes are just are just falling with a rocket on the back of it, and there are computers <laughs> trying to keep it going in a straight line. Like without so, computers, so it would just tumble. What it relies on is orbit basically <laughs> it relies yeah. on the earth falling away as quickly as it's falling towards <laughs> yes yeah yeah kind of yeah so um, well to get back to the uh sorry yeah carry on i mean thanks for teaching us about wing, <laughs> wing designs <laughs> anytime man anytime you specifically need right. that so what, I'm, I'm gonna be my micro what we were saying is like how um what you started saying lawrence is how advertisers on youtube when they're being sponsored by Squarespace, um, it's the equivalent to them saying, "Hey, you ever heard of propellers? Propellers are great," <laughs> and selling you a propeller whilst while talking to you from the cockpit of a jet. Yep, that's exactly it's, it. It's, it's like, exactly I'm it. Here, I'm here on one of the five websites that most of the world uses mm. exclusively 
telling you to go and make your own tiny little <laughs> website. There's a corner. There's a corner. You see that pixel over there in the vastness of the internet? You can have that. You can pay me, and you can have that <laughs> if you want. Make sure all can come to you. it. Are they going to? No, they're not fucking going to. No. You've got propellers. We got jets. <laughs> there's there's very few sponsorships now that I see that I'm like I definitely probably need that. Like the VPN sponsorships, I can kind of understand. There's just too many of them. Um, and what are the other ones I don't like. See, I like them so little I don't even care to remember them. So, <laughs> well, there's stuff like there is stuff like Kiwi kiwico um oh, was that is, the educational um yeah yeah like something actually suit like you, you're right like one of the only things one of the only things that i've seen advertised by youtubers yeah. not just an advert at the beginning or an end of a video um advertised by youtubers that i could actually say that's a good product mm. and yeah the rest of it is massively expensive wallets that that don't hold coins. Um, yeah, I've got one, and I actually really like it. Like, is it a ridge? The, um, it's not a ridge. Meg oh no, I've seen me. yours. Yeah, um, yeah. So yours is just sort of like two bits of metal that are held together with a, a band. Yeah, right? I think the reason the reason why I did it is because I'm I'm one of those people that I don't really care about cash. In fact, mm. like I to be fair, I should probably care about cash because it helps me to spend less. But it's um it's one of these, uh, and it's I just like I. I don't like having a lot of stuff in my pockets, but I like having yeah, stuff yeah. in my pockets. Well, I'm so, just trying to yeah. find my wallet. You've seen my wallet. I remember you made me a wallet once, mate. You made me a wallet out of duct tape once, and I it was did. it served me well for a really long time. The only downside of it was that the glue got on my cards and stopped them from working. Ah, well, <laughs> that is something of a bummer, isn't it? Well, it's only a little bit of a bummer. It's not not the not the biggest bummer in the world. Yeah, no, that was fun. I was into it. I made all sorts of crap with duct tape, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> I remember actually. I used to. I used to carry duct tape around with me. Yeah, you did. You was one I, of the, I had there was, there was there was there was three things that you'd always. Well, there was five things you'd always carry around with you. One was a notepad. One was a pen. One was a Rubik's cube. One was some duct tape, and then there was your Magic the Gathering deck. Oh yeah, yeah. I always yeah. had a deck on hand. And I, uh, <laughs> I I kept doing that for a really long time after you finished after you had like stopped fucking with Magic the Gathering I continued to fuck Magic the Gathering a little bit yeah. or I pretended to fuck with it like I hadn't updated my deck in ages but I just just in case I ever got into a situation where someone's like hey nerd I gotta like you know that sort of delusion of grandeur fantasy yeah, you yeah. have in the head of some dude being like hey stop messing with that. Old lady over there. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, I challenge huh? you. Who's gonna, who's gonna stop me? Me and my Magic the Gathering deck. Oh Sorry. no, I, I have a Magic the Gathering deck too. Well, let's fight to the Magic the Death. Battle it out. Battle it out. By then, the old woman's died because Magic the Gathering then, take, yeah. takes a fucking long time. In, <laughs> you both got internal monologues going on where you're like, I'm gonna use my green and white life gain deck for extra. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're no match for Mythic Hydra. <laughs> oh god. Oh, I love Magic the Gathering <laughs> so much. Pure 
and as far as you're concerned, this is all going off. There's explosions and beasts fighting each other. Anybody else just sees two dudes sitting cross-legged in the pavement, like we were doing at Sol- like it's in Salisbury in the middle of the night, just sitting there, just playing magic, going, yep. ah, fuck! <laughs> Swing for three. Fuck you! <laughs> oh. Untap. Um, I'm going to tap that. Shit! <laughs> no, you're not. Oh yeah, so you know that plan that I don't know about that you've got in your head. I'm going to completely fuck that up right now. I'm going to tap this card. <laughs> oh, I love Magic Gathering so much. Um, it's such so much fun, but it's oh, so it's so much work, man. Speaking of, so we th- th- what was the other thing we were talking about before we before recording? Wilhelm scream. We were talking oh, yeah. about the Wilhelm scream, and you were I can't remember what you said about it. Like it was it's. I can't remember well, what you said. It's just, it's just amazing that it is an instantly recognizable thing. Anybody who's heard it, even if they don't know that it's called the Willem Scream, even if they don't know that it's a stock sound, they've they've heard it before. It's like it's a unique enough scream that you hear it once and then you you know it the next time you hear it. And with it being like that. I really don't get why it's still being used because every time, every time I hear the Willem scream, it takes me out of it. I'm like, oh, Willem scream. I think it's almost a rite of passage at, at this point where you're like, look, you, you, you've got some people screaming in this. It'll be funny if you just made one of them the you Willem scream. just like two video editors sitting next to each other. Hey, mate, put the Willem scream in. <laughs> It'd be the really quiet, just in the back. <laughs> It'd be the equivalent of that. It's like someone saying, "Hey, when this guy dies, put a Rick roll in there." What? Put a Rick roll in there? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never gonna give you up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you were saying there's there's like a there's like a door version as well. There's like this door creak. Yeah. So like, yeah. So there was a. I remember there was like an Australian um, kids TV show that was on on BBC when I was a kid. Was it called um, Round the Twist by any chance? No, no, it wasn't Round the Twist. It, oh. it was made by like the same company. It wasn't Round the Twist. That freaked me out sometimes. Um, <clears throat> this was one where they were on a on a like a, a a ship. Like I think they might have been like marine rescue oh, squad. Yep. Or something. Yep, I know. And I they think, found, yeah, they found a girl who was like a like a, basically she lived underwater. Yeah, I she know. Wasn't what a you're about. I can't remember which, yeah. what it's called, but I know exactly the show you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was super strong, and she didn't speak very much. Um, <clears throat> but I remember, I just remember one. Just this is pretty much the only thing I remember from this show. But it's at one point a trap door is opened, and I hear the squeak. I've heard that squeak so many fucking times. Like, it's this thing is, like, decades old. And it's just, like, it's not, because it's obviously more subtle. You're not going to hear the same door creak everywhere. And even if you do, it's like, well, doors creak. Yeah. A door is not as unique as the human voice. Um, But it's, it's, yeah, it just seems so weird that it's been at least 20 years, probably 25 years, and they, it's still cycling around, you know. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. And I can understand it of the, the door creak, 
But the Willem scream, I don't know. I can't be the only one who is completely removed from the the situation when they hear a Willem scream. Well, it's like when it's so, not when it's not put in there, for, you know, ironically, like when it's yeah. not put in there just to be funny, right? No, I understand what you're saying because you're like, oh, well, there's that scream again. Like it's it it's it's you're going through a story which involves you not knowing plots and not having any connection with stuff. Mm. And then suddenly you have Wilhelm scream and suddenly there's an immediate second of connection of nostalgia of, uh, of other films that use this scream. Like you, you recognize it. So it's like if every time somebody gets punched in a film, there's the voice of a dude I know going, ow. (laughs) 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 No, Craig, you're not in there. I know that's not you. (laughs) That's a perfect analogy, man. That's a perfect analogy. Um, do you know there's a there's a there's a VFX um, sort of Wilhelm thing? It's to do with blood splatter. Um, oh. There is there is like when when people get shot, like in in violent films, you'll see from, from the other side of them that the blood will come out the other side. Um, and they don't use squibs anymore. They tend to use um, special effects. <laughs> that dates me, doesn't it? <laughs> like, I I can't remember if you have ever heard. Like I think I think this is one of the first conversations you and I had, where it was, it was trick photography. Yes. Then it was special effects, and then it was CGI. Well, CGI is so CGI is actually only CGI when everything is done inside the computer. So if you're if you're adding things graphically, then that's video editing. Oh, comping. Comping. Um, I guess. Compositing, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, like, Toy Story is CGI. Mm-hmm. But, but um, Lord of the Rings... Who when framed they're... Roger Rowe? Sorry? But Lord of the Rings, where you have all the oliphants and you have actors actually jumping yeah. around on big green blocks and them sticking the Wilhelm screen whenever he falls off the oliphant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for some reason, whenever someone oh, says the Wilhelm, the Wilhelm screen... screen. You, you know the scream when... Um, Mary and Pippin meet Treebeard. Yes. Where he goes, Mary! And then he turns around and he goes, oh! Imagine if that was a Willem scream. <laughs> I think uh, you could probably use the Wilhelm uh, Willem screen as a uh, as a weapon, as an auditory weapon. But like, there's, okay, so get back. So there's a VFX version. Yeah. Um, which is a blood splatter, and it's a very distinct blood splatter, and it's it's a it's a blood spray, and it's two, it's it's blood spray from two points. They cross over, they cross over in an X, they fire and they cross over, and like some people use it as a blood splatter, some people use it as just an arterial spray, some people use it as just a fraction of like material, but yeah. in various like movies, when you see someone get shot or get punched or you see some blood fly inevitably one of them will be this cross um it happens right. all the I'm time i'm just trying to find it now um do, do, is it does it have a name um i would just type in cross spray um blood cross blood cross spray i don't know oh it's, it's ds in the house how's it going man uh yeah going well going oh. well we're just discussing wilhelm screams and uh foley and yeah, just general foley that you've heard before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Um, and we were talking about the fact that there's a there's a blood spray that is the equivalent of the Wilhelm scream, where every single time someone gets shot or punched or there's some sort of blood news, you see this 
this cross cross spray of blood um yeah yeah just just a thing um this reminds me actually of uh something that i was i was gonna rant about oh yeah yeah i have a rant i would like to get something off my chest and the thing that's pissing me off at the moment is to do with youtube to do with youtube to do with youtube adverts specifically the silent youtube adverts like i don't understand what the purpose of silent youtube ads is the other day i like and it seems that every company has at least one youtube ad that has no sound whatsoever no music no sound effects nothing it's just the advert um bristol council has them um sterling bank has them i even saw a mcdonald's one today and it was just and so I'm what, it, it's, you, you mean that there's action but no sound it would or be it's just a blank screen um maybe it does but they've been dmca'd uh, <laughs> it's a massive maybe, oversight of mcdonald's all, I'm all so- adverts for mcdonald's excuse, recently have been racist excuse me mr <laughs> mr mcdonald what is it i forgot to ask for permission to use pumped up kicks again uh, <laughs> <laughs> hand him off <laughs> it was like it was literally just a zoom out of a sandwich it was a zoom out of a sandwich and oh, a, wow. and uh and just the price and and the summer message, and it was that. And it was just sound, no sound. But there's loads of I, it. I can honestly see it, the reason for that being budget cuts. Really, like penny saving. McDonald's. Yeah. yeah. Well, they've been they've been shut down for a year, just like everyone else, and they've got staff to keep furloughed. They've got so many staff. Yeah. If if, if the way that they can try and recover from that is. For a little while, for a little bit, saving pennies on YouTube videos where you don't have to pay a sound technician. You don't, you know, it's just it's little things to save money. I get it. Yeah, so DS says bigger companies will be really penny-pinching when they can. The company that I work for is penny-pinching. I would I would really like to, to know if there's any sort of like... Um, evidence like some sort of data that would suggest that the amount that the that the amount of like obviously an advert with no sound is less appealing than an advert with more sound we can i'm pretty sure we can agree on that unless the point of the advert is is to make do something cool with the fact that there's no sound um Mm. but i would like to know like what's the data that supports that actually however less appealing the advert is going to be it doesn't matter because getting the advert out of there is still going to going to make them see a profit it'd be interesting to look at that data yeah yeah well i'm just trying to i've just typed into google why so many silent youtube ads <laughs> i don't i i wasn't really expecting to answer my question and it hasn't so that's fine um youtube says 96 percent of its users watch with the sound on that's an interesting piece of data, actually. That's, that's the whole thing. Let's yeah. take a look at this. Well, hold on. Why wouldn't like, that's that's uh, well, YouTube videos are, are meant to be with sound. So I'm more worried about the four percent of people that watch YouTube yeah, exactly. without any sound on. Exactly. Let's see. YouTube is taking right. 
Oh, well, this is a different... That's like saying 96% of Spotify users listen to music on a non-zero volume level. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, so... Oh, this is about ads. So YouTube joins Snapchat in appearing to take a swipe at Facebook's silent autoplay video. Oh, uh, okay. In the veiled shots, uh, Facebook that encourages advertisers to spend on videos no don't fuck off spend on videos that play without sound using its upfronts in the uk uh so youtube said that users continue to watch not scroll with 96 percent doing so with the sound on sound he claims um peter corey Google's agency leader mm -hmm. says uh, sound has a huge impact on advertising. It's a view shared by uh, Snapchat's Imran Khan, um, who claimed that a muted video advertising is nothing more than moving banners. Okay. Uh, both YouTube and Snapchat's product offerings pivot around sound, so it's in their best interest to trumpet its worth. Well, so that makes less sense then that there are no ad that there are so that their adverts are silent. How, how much sort of digging around and, and underhanded tactics does something have to do before it becomes a conspiracy? Wow. So what are you thinking? Well, what, what are you thinking? Well, let's say, let's say that it was your original thought of we're penny-pinching here. We're just we're cutting out the audio. We're cutting out the royalties on the, sound, on the songs and the audio engineer that we have to pay. And that will save us 3% of our, of, our, uh, of our expenditure. And therefore, we can, uh, we can save 3%. At what point does that piece of information so long as it's not being revealed to the public, when does that become a conspiracy? I don't... I don't know, man. I Well, if... I guess as soon as they deny doing it in order to save pennies, as soon as you... If, if the reason that they're doing it is to save money, and you ask them, are you doing are you just doing this to save money and they say no i think if you still don't believe it it becomes a conspiracy so because like not not every conspiracy theory is actually true and not everyone is false yeah and not every conspiracy theory is actually a conspiracy yeah well yeah so i mean all right okay so the, i think then it's we we need to talk about the difference between conspiracy and conspiracy theory, right? Okay, so conspiracy is 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 conspiring where a group of people yeah. get together to to subvert something. Well, not to subvert or to. I mean, to, you know what? To Let's... secretly plan something, to plan well, something out of the public eye. Conspiracy. Oh, we're going yeah. we're going Oxford, going Oxford English on our asses. Uh, conspiracy is an agreement agreement where two or more people agree to carry their criminal scheme into effect. Oh, right. So it has to be a criminal scheme. The very agreement okay. is the criminal act itself. So it has to be criminal? 
I don't know if I like that definition. Yeah, because I guess... I know, yeah, that kind of works. Oh, that's the legal definition. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Oxford. Ba -ba -ba -ba. A combination of persons for an evil or unlawful purpose, an agreement between two or more, or more persons to do something criminal, illegal, or reprehensible, especially in relation to treason, sedition, or murder, uh, a plot. Um, yeah, so that seems a little broader. Criminal, so, illegal, or reprehensible. Okay, so if it was a case of um, McDonald's have decided they are not going to have any more of their adverts be with sound, therefore putting audio engineers potentially out of a job, then that would be a conspiracy. Well, not, well I, I feel like it would be a conspiracy if their intention for making silent ads was to put sound engineers out of a job. Okay. Which, so you know, essentially, I not can't, in their interest to do either way. Right? I can't name this, this episode the silent YouTube ad conspiracy, can I? I'm afraid not, buddy. I don't but think so. But now that I I've mean, mentioned the fact yes, that I can't if you use... If you want to you weigh down on Lawrence's side, then I'll be overruled. And you, yeah, you can do what you want. This is your show, man. Well, I, although the fact that I've mentioned the words, the silent YouTube ad conspiracy, I can now put it in quotation yeah. marks. You've and there's our title. You, you haven't technically lied. Nope. Is that a conspiracy? It's definitely... It's de it's definitely questionable. <laughs> on, on something <laughs> reprehensible. Okay, well let's let's move away from conspiracies. There's there's something I wanted to that I wanted to ask about. We started talking about this um, the other day, and if DS is still here, he might be able to weigh in on this because he's got a lot of experience with different types of compositional elements. Um, so we were talking about hymns the other. Well, hymns. do you want to do you want to start off with how we talked about hymns? Uh... I'd love to. Uh, so, so you got you given were just a book. Messaging me. Sorry, you got given a book. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. So I was, um, I was at work the other day, and I, I had a really nice chat with a couple of really, really lovely ladies, and mm. we talked about my hair and um, brown as, people. I was about to say, as white people often do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you've got lovely hair. Is it in the jeans? Touch it. Proce proceeds to touch it, <laughs> regardless of permission. Uh, oh, it doesn't but, happen um, with anything else. Like you don't. It, it's not a case of like, I don't go to I don't go to India and they say, "Oh, what lovely skin! Can I touch it?" Yeah. Not in that voice. They don't. Can I look real close? <laughs> I can see your dairy-filled pores. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I drink a lot of milk. Yeah, Sorry, we don't worship those things. We kill them and eat them. Um, <laughs> they don't worship them. They regard them as sacred. Come on, you insensitive bigot. Well, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Look, we're talking about brown people. Okay. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, we were talking about it, and eventually we had a really nice chat, mm. and just as they were leaving, one of them went, oh, have this. And they gave me uh, don't know how well you can see it. It's a, uh, it's a, what does it say? An active service issue, 100th anniversary edition of the um, Gospel According to St. John. It says, 
active service 1914 to 1918. Please carry this in your pocket and read it every day. And firstly, I was really amused because if this woman knew about me, <laughs> she would she would she would have been like. No, he probably doesn't want this. But that's fine. That's the equivalent it's, it was of, really nice. It's the equivalent give, it's the equivalent of giving a barbecue book to a vegan. Yeah. Well, it's like Yeah, it's sort of what she did was assume that because she was Christian and she read her Bible, that I must also be Christian. Or maybe she just assumed assumed you need um you need God in your life. <laughs> I lost you for a second, mate. That might have been my fault. Um, I was... Uh, oh, dude, you there? Hello. Oh, you just you just look like you're sucking on air right now. Okay, I'm gonna hang up the call and come back. Try it again. Ooh, it might be me. I'm going to have to quit Skype and come back in again. It almost certainly is me. I have done something bad. I've done the bad murder. So, the show, I guess the show's just me now. Hi guys. Welcome to the, uh, welcome to the Lawrence Hobbs show. Um, here, you can look at my tummy. I'll, I'll get it out for you. Right, try and call back. Hello? I, I, I try again. Excellent. And, oh, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. And try talking now. One, two. Okay, we got you back. We got you back. Hurrah! Cool. So yeah. Sorry. She, um, well, I think I think what she, I think that she, what might have happened actually is that we had a really nice chat, and she assumed that because we were talking about being nice to each other, yeah, and about how skin color doesn't matter and all of that, yeah. I think because we were talking about that, she assumed that I was. A good Christian boy, um, and because so only she... good people can be, because only Christian people can be good. So, yeah, yeah there we go. coming from a Christian, um, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, just <laughs> FYI, I'm not hating on Christian beliefs. I I am a Christian. I I I I like walk in the footprints, loud. and when there's only one set of them, it's because I carry myself. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, like the Bible. I'm not. I'm not going to read it. I've read. A, I've read a little bit. I probably will read it. You know, but not because. Because it's nice. It's a. It's a really nice little book, and it represents something really nice. Because this is, it represents. Uh, so these little books, replicas. This is a replica of a, a little field Bible that was given to people in World War One, um, and it has you know the important verses. It has. Uh, notes for a, a priest to do a to do a weekly sermon um in the field and That's it's cool. got printed in the back um you have to go right to the camera that 
just sheet music of uh, a few few hymns and i thought that was really really nice like that like because people find a lot of comfort in, yeah in religion i get that well if you know, even even if you don't want to treat it as a religious text, you can all you can always treat it as a reference material. Like you can yeah. treat it as as documentation. Like mm. I used to, I don't have any more because I lost it, but I used to have a copy of the Quran, even though I'm a Christian, just because it's just because it's useful to have it as reference. Yeah, um, yeah. You know what? I think it is. I think it is an important thing to expose yourself to to ideas that you don't understand. And so, like Adam Neely was talking about how he forced himself to listen to country music mm. or uh, no to to christian worship music because he hates christian worship music there's definitely a certain brand of christian worship music that is awful um and it's there's a brand of christian worship music that's really bad because they seem to not know how bass works like not only the instrument but also the frequency like it's all very high end and that yeah. i feel like i feel like that when you're wanting to create a religious experience you would want a lot of bass you want, you want to, feel to feel it resonating yeah. inside your chest and so you want to sort of like create almost like a, a holy yeah, have... resonance and and cuz cuz you they, they do chanting and and group singing to 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 and i i understand the whole hyperventilation um which makes you a bit lightheaded and therefore makes holy experiences um more like profound um but the bass would add to that yeah yeah the bass would absolutely add to that so i don't know why and it's especially when you've got um hymns that use to, like organs organs love the bass organs love, love the bass, bass on that but for All some reason, that. for some reason, like more modern worship music, kind of have, have has neglected it. Now, bear in mind, I am talking with ten years less experience than I had ten years ago, because I haven't actually like I haven't been to church for a long time. I don't believe that church is part of me uh, practicing my faith, um, and the Bible says the church is good, but not one hundred percent necessary. Also says that it's not a building, so. Um, so, um, so I might be out of touch with how uh, Christian worship music has gotten now. I know that my church was quite in touch with how music was created and tended to make music that was a bit more towards the sort of secular feel, mm. um, because a lot of the a lot of the people that they had leading worship were, were musicians first and worship leaders afterwards if you know sure. what i mean um, you know what? i i just realized I, i've i've been to church twice uh since the last time you went to church really? <laughs> i wanted to, to to be fair i do want to go back like it, it, it's an interesting experience um dia says i think the problem as well stems from some of the christian music now is about an experience and very shallow compared to some of the older music yeah, yeah, I can, I can understand that because about an experience as opposed to about like the love for God itself. Well, um, I'm not sure what to, I'm. I don't think I'm. I'm sure what Dias meant. Um, so it's about the experience of performing worship rather than 
what you're actually trying to express. So it's okay. oh, the so it's the equivalent of it's it's like um it's like Glastonbury used to be about mm -hmm. the music now it's about going and getting fucked up and having a great experience. Okay. Um it's uh, it's less about the music and it's almost like a concert rather than worship. Yeah. Yeah. Um and yeah, I, I totally agree with that DS. I've you been know to what, a lot though, of them. I, like if if the last two times I went to church it was a concert, I'm not, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it yeah. Worth free it's, entry. it's not. It's well. It's not a good. Uh, it's not a good representation of a concert. But that's what it's trying to be. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I totally see where both are coming from. Sorry, I, I derailed your your uh, the topic there. I didn't mean to. That's okay. Well, like yeah. So we were just like, um, what were we saying? So like, we found these hymns. We why was there no bass in in worship music? Yeah. And we were that's that was what derailed us. So it was before that. We were talking about hymns themselves and we were talking about um that there's that when you listen to a hymn, you know it's a hymn mm. compared to another piece of music of the time. Like there's there's a way that it's constructed, a way that the chord progressions work, and a way that it flows, and a way that is that is rhythmic about hymns. And I don't know I we were we were looking very briefly into um, uh, we're looking very briefly into how you construct a hymn and how you compose for a hymn, um, like and we were talking about suspended chords and how you have to take into account the reverberation of the church, of the building, and how those chords at the end of phrases, if you don't have a gap, they're going to overlap, and so you can't really change key unless you change it in a certain way. Or to a key that's a that's a very specific relative, so mm. that when those echoes overlap, it's yeah, that's what we were talking about. Yeah, and and also the fact that um when you're when the idea is that you've got hundreds of people in one room and they're all meant to be singing the same thing at the same time, having that big open reverb space and having those breaks um in between the uh verses allows it effectively it, it it allows for an average of what everyone is singing yeah basically some people are going to be really some people are going to be behind some people are you know going to be just like a split second behind because they can't quite remember the melody and they listen to the person next to them and this this is why there are some there are some hymns that are quite famous but they're famous for being difficult to sing in a choir in a in a in a congregation I don't know if you if you are aware of this one. You might be. Do you know this the one "Shine Jesus Shine"? Uh, probably. Shine Jesus Shine. Yeah. Now all this is a really unusual hymn because the chords are really fast. It's it's like 120, 130 BPM, um, and the chords like the chords for a hymn go really quickly. Da da da. Duh, 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 yeah. duh, 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 duh. and it's that's, that's not even enough time for the early reflection of uh of the uh of the reverb exactly yeah. exactly and so you there's whenever you sing it um and there's because of the fact that between the verse and the chorus there is there is a a, a slight key change well it's not a key change it's 
it's what the, it's a change of the home chord um between the verse and the chorus and there's a little gap but the gap is not big enough for the people who have finished singing and the people who need mm. to start the next one so people try and anticipate it and you always get three or four people that accidentally start singing a beat too early and it's really funny because <laughs> <laughs> they know they, they don't realize until after they've started and they've it, done it it's it's, it's like and then it's like the embarrassing. With a really slow attack on it they're like yes ah. <laughs> <laughs> It's mortifyingly embarrassing. I re whenever I sing that song, I refuse to sing the word shine um, when it comes to the first bit. Jesus. Yes, I do. Well, no, not the second <laughs> time. Um, but I refuse. I do not want to be that guy that is just sort of... Shine! Shine! Fuck! Yeah. It's just, it's just one of those. It's an interesting hymn. Um, there's a yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's and that was that's a more modern one. That was that was created in the seventies, I think. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, oh, I'm not gonna look that up on my computer. I'm gonna look that up on my phone. Um, but yeah, carry on with. Um... Well, so I'm just looking. Uh, so we talked a bit about the suspended chords. Yeah. Which is why well, I'm, I'm now making sure I've got I've got it right in my head. There's a musical chord in which the uh, third major or minor is omitted and replaced with a perfect fourth, or less commonly a major second. Oh my God! Sorry, Shine Jesus Shine was 1988. Oh, wow. Mm. Sorry, Karen. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, so you can have a sus four or a sus two um musical chord third is omitted and replaced with a perfect fourth let's see if i can uh you're gonna get no. the piano out uh, i'm gonna switch on logic oh i've got a melodica though oh nice <laughs> happy days i'm going acoustic sort of okay let's do this so if we let's just take let's take C then. Okay. So I mean that's interesting. Just playing the wrong note. Yeah. So this is the this would be the minor third, this is the major third here, the D. If I replace it with the perfect fourth. The, that's that's interesting. So it, it sort of it it calls you back. It calls yeah, you. Yeah. It's begging you to come home. Uh, DS says, you know something that's kind of really strange, kind of funny. Tell us, DS. Tell us. Um. So that's a suspended fourth. That's a suspended fourth. So what's a suspended second? Suspended second would be. Switch between the fourth and the second. I'm using it as my personal DAW now. And it sounds incomplete. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, so it's the whole... I was telling you about um, before, you'd use the fourth, you'd go... 
and that would finish off the so yeah it's 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 really cool and yeah. like you pretty much that's that is absolutely an identifier of a him I think. yeah <laughs> oh, have you God, have you also noticed that I don't know I don't know if it's something you have noticed, but no matter whether a hymn is in a major or a minor key, um, it's it's always like a really depressing song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dia says, Odd Hobbs, I had a dream last night where we met up with you and you were talking about Christianity a little. And I told you both that I was an active Christian and you were a bit gobsmacked. I woke up thinking it was in, it was interesting, and here you are talking about Christian music. Hey. <laughs> It's a sign. It's a, it's a sign. sign, boys. I um, I would like to like I would like to be like, like th- th- real talk for a second here. I would like to be more of an active Christian. And last time we um we we talked, um I was talking about like my struggle with Christianity and the fact that despite the fact that I call myself a Christian, um there are some aspects of my life that some people who who are Christian would say it doesn't align, but yeah, but back to differ, uh-huh. um. But um, pretty much everyone, like if you were to line up every single Christian in the world and tell them every single thing that you do, not one of them would say, oh, you do it exactly the way that I do it. So you, you're a you're a real Christian. Yeah, it's the no true Scotsman argument. Yeah. Well, uh, shh, shh, the answer's in the chat. Um, He's not really Scottish. So <laughs> it's difficult to have a different view on things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's let's move off religion for for a minute because this is a music show. This is a music show, and I think it might be time to talk about some music news. Do we have a jingle? It already happened. Oh, in fact, yeah. we talked over it. So I'll do it again. Hold on. Okay. Wait. Let's go back to the main screen. Let's go back to the main screen, and then here we go. Music news jingle. I just realised I won't be able to hear it in your headphones. <laughs> no, it's not even going in my headphones. I can't hear it either. Um, oh, right. Well, that was great, I assume. It was. I just realized also that my uh, my camera is the wrong way around again. Uh, so let's turn myself around. And now we're back to life. Back to reality. Right, let's talk about news. Um, there's actually a piece of news that um, I forgot to mention when we were like setting up. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a really nice, positive piece of news. So um, the rappers Young Thug and uh, Gunner are paying bail for low for thirty low-level offenders in Atlanta. So they they basically like so these these are people that are on minor charges like possession, um, trespassing, um, stuff that isn't offenses that they shouldn't really be in there for. But they're but the bail is too high for the families to pay. So they yeah. they they decided to pay them, um, that's pretty cool. and that's just really cool. Like I just I, we just ha- we have to mention that. Oh yeah, absolutely. So good on you, lads. You're doing more than so I could much possibly bad news. do. Um, there's a lot of bad news. Um, okay, so uh, let's start with the the most bad of the most bad news. Um, Anita Lane, member of the Bad Seeds, um, has passed away. I can't uh, I can't tell how old she was, but she. Um, She's a very established songwriter. Um, was was uh, boyfriend, sorry, girlfriend to Nick Cave for a while. Um, became 
his wife. Um, it's look, we keep losing goodens. We keep losing goodens. Um, but again, uh, like we said last week, uh, console uh, consolations to her family and uh, to everyone involved. Um, we hope we hope that everything's uh, that everything's all well. Um, so, okay, so let's, uh, ah, yes, thank, thank you for the message. Um, what were you going to say? Sorry. Was there another, um, obituary? There is, and I can't find the name of it. So, um, so, I, yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I, if I, if I find it later on, we'll, we'll come back to it. Yeah, I need the break. Um. Okay, so let's go to... Oh, did we talk about... Yeah, so uh, let's talk about Charlie XCX. Um, so she she stormed... Oh, wait, hold on. Something Something's wrong. I oh, know it's not wrong. It's not wrong. I'm just looking at the wrong thing. Um, so she stormed out of a meeting recently uh, with her... With label bosses after an authenticity argument. Um... So it's been revealed that she stormed out of a meeting with her record label after they tried to make her more real. Real? In quotes. Um, the Howard Philly now singer revealed that she was unimpressed with label bosses asking her to post photos with her dogs in an attempt to relate to fans. Um, Mr. Magic Monkey Man. Good to see you, my friend. Um, we're all very well, thank you. We are. We're, if you want to weigh in on any of this, my friend, uh, we're just talking about Charlie XCX and uh, how uh, she's just stormed out of a meeting with industry bosses after they asked her to be more real. And it's essentially essentially being more fake to be more real. Which yeah. is... Uh, which is... Not, not authentic realness. No. Um, she's quoted to say, there is this quest at the moment for authenticity within all art. But particularly in music, there's this stigma of they don't write their songs, they're not real. I think that transferred to the way labels wanted artists to be on social media. I remember having a meeting with my record label when they were like, we just need you to post every Tuesday about your flaws and maybe you could post some pictures with dogs. She said, I stormed out. I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. It's crazy. That's not real. Um, now. About your flaws. Uh, it's Carlos. Ah, Mr. Magic Monkey Man. I, I did think it might be you. I did think it might be you. Um, ah. It's good to see you again. Oh well, it's good to talk to you, my friend. It's good to talk to you. Um, so uh, in the, the the search to to be real is is an interesting search that I recently have had to question myself on. So, um, I am I'm one of the people I'm I'm the sort of person that likes to be transparent about stuff. Um, and originally, like I started streaming to, um. To, to with the thought that I was that I was doing a, a, a transparent view of the music making process because I saw YouTubers online acting like they had massive studios and uh, and I was like that's that doesn't seem real to me and maybe I could be the person that could come up from the ground level with all the other people and learn with everybody else and they could learn with me and teach me stuff and I can teach them stuff and it'll be a great community experience. I realize now that I was quite misguided in thinking that. Like I it was it was almost uh like 
it was almost a delusion of grandeur for me to for me to come through with that almost a delusion of grandeur like it came from a good place um and it it was a very real thing to to want to believe but i also have to admit that that quite a lot of people don't want to see people who are necessarily worse than them or at the same level as them they want to they want to aspire to somebody so then i had to i had to really just bite the bullet and and start to admit to myself that really what i wanted to do the streams for was as a potential alternate income and and a way for me to get out of a situation that i've been in for a really long time um that i didn't enjoy and that was the real reason i was doing it and the the, the transparency of it was actually was actually a, would have been a nice byproduct rather than my initial aim so that's me trying to be transparent and clear right now about about our, what my motivations and my goals um but also i've i i i'm trying really hard to to try and promote myself and the instagram like trying to promote yourself on social media all the time is really difficult mm. like i i've um, i i so i don't have a very large following on on anything twitch youtube instagram facebook anything um and if i want to turn this into a valid career i have to build that and i can't gig at the moment um and who knows if i'm gonna gig because let's be honest gigging is fucking scary um <laughs> gigging is terrifying man so you know what man i find i find performing in front of people a lot less scary than switching on the camera like myself i've only just the other day um recorded um the acoustic version of this song who's um studio version i'm working on yeah and i can you know i've been really flipping tired i've been working every day i've been losing my light there's stuff been getting in the way i've got things to do churchill dug out the entire fucking literature last week pissed me off but ultimately the reason that i didn't get around to it until a couple of days ago is because i was scared about turning the camera on and i was coming up with ways to not turn the camera on yeah so like when you say as we all know, <laughs> gigging is fucking scary. I'm like, give me a gig over telling me to turn a camera on and, and, and do it myself any yeah. day. <laughs> like, I think, or, uh, to be honest, there's there's a bit more that you get that you can get from gigging. Like, there's more of an endorphin rush, I think, um, and there's a connection that you feel with your audience. Like, yeah. there's definitely there's definitely a divide here. Like, uh, you guys on the other side of the screen, I love you for tuning in. Thank you so much. Um, but there's definitely a, a divide between between me and the audience. Um, DS says he still gets nervous before he streams. He's been doing it for a little while. Um, Carl, I'm pretty sure that you probably get nervous before performing as well. Um, well, you know what? I, um, have you heard of Simon Sinek? He's like a he's a motivational speaker, I think. Um, I was he's... I was thinking it sounds familiar, but that's because it sounds like Jason Janik. So. <laughs> Simon Sinek, Jason Janik, yeah, distant cousins. Um, <laughs> yeah, he gives motivational speeches on beach music. It's great. Uh, <laughs> but um, Simon Sinek, he um, he was talking about fear. Yeah. Um, he says this thing about fear. He's like, "What happens when you're afraid?" 
uh, where your heart rate goes up, your maybe your breathing gets faster, your temperature goes up, you know, you, you sort of sharpen up a little bit. Um, what happens when you're excited? Exactly the same things. Mm. And when I ask Olympic athletes <clears throat> before they perform, are you nervous? They say, no, I'm excited. Yeah. And what he's saying is that nerves and excitement are the same thing. They're two sides of the same coin. And the only thing that makes the difference is you telling yourself, I'm scared, or you telling yourself, I'm excited. I, you can yeah, choose I, to those symptoms in, in different ways. I agree to that to a certain extent. I think I, I, I will differ on what makes the difference between the two. I think right. that it's the same, you're right, absolutely right, the same sort of physiological chemistry and 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 uh balancing act that's going on there absolutely right the reason if it's between fear and excitement is that fear is a product of you scared of getting stuff wrong and excitement is a is where you're looking forward to getting stuff right well you know i don't huh I'm not sure if I agree with that. Okay. As in, I, not, I'm not saying I don't agree with it. I'm saying I'm not sure if I do. Like, I, <laughs> if, if I disagree with you on something, I'll usually go, not sure if I agree with you there, Lawrence. Mm. But this time, I genuinely don't know <laughs> whether or not I agree with you. Um, I mean, so it, like, could, it could just be a, it could just be that everybody's different and everyone has different triggers for what flips that nervousness into excitement. So I guess for me it's a it's a it's a fear of failure versus a um a, a look forward to success. Yeah, I think you're I think you are right actually. Yeah, and I think it's like effectively whatever habit I guess it's a habit of which do you default to first. Mm. You know, so I historically um, default to what am I doing wrong rather than what am I getting right? What am I doing well? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, so, yeah, I think I do I do absolutely agree with you. And the thing is, the, the reason why I think you go to a, do a what am I doing wrong phase. Uh, DS, lovely Thanks to see coming, you, mate. DS. Um, stay safe, and we'll see you soon. Um, the reason why you tend to go for a what am I doing wrong is because you are a very, like, you're a very educational focused person. You love to learn. And it is much easier to learn lessons from failure than it is to learn lessons from success. So let's say let's say you had a really great shift at work. You had the best shift of your life. You might be able to, to pinpoint what made it the best shift. But it's a lot harder to pinpoint what went right in that good shift than what went wrong in the bad shift and that's why we as humans we learn better from um from from making mistakes than we do from successes yeah. so i think that could be where that comes from mm. um, and it's not necessarily a negative thing uh mr magic monkey man says yes i always used to be nervous before going on stage but when i was um when i was up there it was the biggest release for me i was always terrified in life going through some of the stuff i did but when on stage i was free and happy I don't know if I'll be on stage again because the anxiety of self might be too great, but this doesn't mean I won't try again. I won't deny myself the opportunity to feel that freedom again, but this is why I joined Skillshare. I bought a set of drums and found 
tune in next week to be continued um that's thanks for the uh thanks for the input there man yeah 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 Um, you know i feel the same way about acting mm. like i'm not so i'm not really nervous before i play before i play a guitar on okay but before a play (laughs) yeah i'm nervous until i'm on the stage there is something like literally physically between you and potential criticism though when you play guitar there's there's a guitar yeah 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 and i always find that guitar helps me hit notes because i feel the vibrations in my in my guitar in the chest i just match the vibrations that i'm feeling through the guitar to what i'm singing like it sounds really weird like but i find it easier to hit notes when i'm playing guitar than when i'm just listening to music Mm. and i think it's because like i do have a habit of sliding up to notes and all that bullshit um but at the same time, like it, it, it's a confidence thing. There's something literally in between you two. Um, oh, the continuation is here. Um, I bought a set of drums and found that I love that more and more. I'm using Pro Tutor Skillshare to learn progress and also utilize the business and video editing lessons to build a minimum production standard for building a YouTube channel. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> no, good on you, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of the things that I've been trying to do is I've been trying to try and post to Instagram daily, um, just to try and build some sort of following. And that's difficult because sometimes I do literally nothing. I don't do anything to do with music. I don't do anything to do with streaming. I will sit on my ass and I'll play one level of a video game all fucking day. But this is, this and I is can't, the- you, I can't Instagram that. Sorry. <laughs> this is the thing, though, because there are prob- there are a lot of days when I don't do anything. There are a lot of days when I, I well, I don't do anything music related. Mm. So there are a lot of days where I'm just like, I'm too tired. Like I'm, I'm not up for the challenge right now. Um, and I should probably work on that. Well, uh, what I've done to try and combat it is when I do do something, and I've first off, I've tried to get myself into the head of. I might want to document this. Mm. Like that's the first hurdle I had to go over because I just didn't want to document anything. I didn't care about documenting stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my girlfriend has regularly said that she uh, that she wishes that I posted more pictures of us on social media. It's not that I don't want to post more pictures of us. It's that I forget to take pictures because taking pictures is it's not important to me. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so I've got to retrain my brain to think this might need to be documented. For whatever reason, whether it's for me, whether it's for my girlfriend, whether it's for my career, whether it's for promotion, but there might be a reason I want to document this. And when I do document something, I try and think to myself, right, how can I stretch this out? Now that I am in documenting mode, now I'm doing this thing, can I take some more pictures? Can I do some more videos? Can I can I do anything else using this one moment? And then on a day when I don't have anything to post, I can just post the other stuff instead. So yeah, yeah. So like, well, there this was... is this is what I was like gonna say is that I need to be backlogging, you know, um, photos and and posts and stuff. Mm. Um, Mr. Magic Monkey Man, I'm with Theo on this though. I've been wanting to turn on the camera to take people through the learning process, but I keep finding reasons why I'm not ready yet. Yeah, uh, I know once I get started, I won't be able to stop. Theo, the blessing is, if you seriously don't feel up to it on a certain day, you are permitted to take a break. There's no reason to force yourself and ensure you make it 
more of a chore that you don't want to do anymore. That's the end of it. Sorry for the late. No, no, no. Thank you. Thank you for that. No, you're, you, yeah, exactly the same as me. Mm-hmm. I know that once I'm, once I'm doing it, then it, it'll be fine. Yeah. But it's just starting to do it. And it's dealing with the guilt when I, when I want to not do it for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Take it from me, from somebody who has been streaming every single day for like, was it four months now? Maybe even longer. Um, there's, there's one of the nice things is that you can give yourself permission to take a break. And that was one of the hurdles I had to go over quite early. Like if I needed to give myself a break, just to take a break. I haven't streamed making music for about two weeks now. And it's just because I am now transitioning my head into going back to work mode. There's some there's some stuff I need to tidy up with the stream anyway, but I'm I'm okay with still continuing with this show at the moment. But like, I'm now taking essentially a, a, a hiatus from streaming the normal show, and that's okay. Um, and but you're right, me me starting that first stream was the most nerve wracking thing in the world. After and I still get nervous when starting a stream because I'm gonna fuck up. Um, but it does become second nature at some point. You do end up just making it part of your day. Like, right now, I'm not even thinking about the fact that this is being broadcast. I am thinking about the fact that I'm talking to my friend about topics which we have predetermined, and I've also got an interactive chat element as well. Um, mm. And that's the thing I kind of focus on. I just realised we've talked a very long time about this one news story. Should we... Uh... <laughs> Should we move on to something else? Um, yeah. Uh, we are probably going to run out of time for news stories. So I'm going to... Um, uh, we've done the obituary. We've done the feel-good stuff. Yeah. Let's... Um, I don't know which one I want to do because I want to pick one thing. Um, let's talk about Slipknot. Let's talk about Corey yeah. Taylor. Um, and Mr. Magic Monkey Man uh, and TS, the Elder Scrolls. Um, hashtag not sponsored also. In reply to the last comment, you are your own boss. Don't feel guilty. Just know your own health and happiness come first. It's necessary to break when you need it. The only reason I'm here is because I'm taking a break from drum practice today as I feel not so energetic. Well, it's good to have you here, man. Good to have you here. Ooh, it's them not. Yeah, so Corey Taylor has been an, an interesting, shall we say, spokesperson for music especially in the last year he's taken some stances which are kind of unlike him um and he's there's a few so going uh, i believe there was one about the eminem cancel culture uh, that we touched on a few weeks ago <clears throat> and now in an interview he's talked about the whole so back in the day back in 2000 um lars ulrich um sued napster sued napster because um they were allowing metallica songs to be streamed to be to be torrented um and as a result of that we now have the copyright law that we have for streaming and youtube videos today um it was born out of that 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 court case um and Corey Taylor has now said he's made peace with streaming services' unfair payments model. Now, considering that he is a musician who I'm pretty sure 
doesn't get paid the right amount for his music. I don't understand why he's decided to make peace with it. Um, and you were saying... You know Slipknot. Not a peaceful band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, it's just... So, um, let me just get some more quotes here. Um, he appeared on the Steve-O's Wild Ride podcast last week. Um, and he said, it's kind of weird, it's kind of hard, because in this day and age, it's really hard to know which ones of the fucking streaming services actually compensate the artists that they're ripping off. Um, it's more important for me that people listen to the music. At this point, I've kind of made peace with the fact that there are various services who are just kind of screwing us. And until the legislation is actually enforced, which they passed under Trump, which I wouldn't fucking, be- which I couldn't fucking believe, they'll be charging us at least that rate. Um, but they've appealed that legislation. He added, "I don't think the appeals will actually go through. They will raise the rates, and then musicians or and, and musicians will be able to make a living off their recordings again." And then, off the back of that, so not off the back of this, so I literally a day earlier or a day later, Spotify announced that they're going to be raising their rates. So I think it's going to happen. I think mm. it's going to happen, um, which I'm really excited about because yeah, yeah. this is, I think this is going to be a monumental change in in the way that not only. Uh, musicians getting paid but how they're able to promote themselves because at the end of the day money makes the world go round if you don't have very much money you have to do some pretty underground ways to market yourself now I think that that we're going to see an interesting peak and trough here I I think that um, people's um, uh, I think that people's uh, or artists' revenue is going to increase. They're going to get paid more. Therefore, the marketing is going to increase, which means that now the the market will be saturated with high quality marketing um, for all artists. Now, what sort of uh, what sort of shape will that take? Not sure. Um, it could be as simple as promoted plays on Spotify, uh, being having playlists featuring more mainstream artists or um or very traditional radio marketing it could be anything but this is going to mean that the way artists market themselves in the next i'm gonna say 10 years in the next 10 years the way artists market themselves is going to change drastically Mm. um and i think it's going to have to so we as 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 fledgling artists because all all of the people that are here are fledgling artists we're not making it big at the moment we don't have a lot of money we are very very early in the game we're kind of there's there's we kind of have to have to hope that luck falls in favor of us now when i say luck i'm going to be very specific about what i mean by luck so i don't believe that luck is the cosmic randomness of the universe dealing a good hand to you. I don't believe that that's what luck is. I believe that luck is a combination of preparation and opportunity. Um, If you prepare, then when the opportunity comes and you're ready, you can go for it. That's what luck is. The opportunity is the random bit. But if you prepare yourself, 
then mm. you're not just relying on the opportunity being correct for your situation. You've made yourself applicable to all situations. Mm. Um, so I think that this is this is what we need to do now as, as artists. We're going to have to start searching and seeking out marketing strategies that are not being used at the moment. Yeah. And I have an idea for one. Okay. <laughs> um, so um, I'm going to, I, this may already have a term, but I'm going to call this um, anarchistic marketing. And it's almost guerrilla marketing. Oh, is, is that when uh, when uh, Johnny Rotten did the Country Life Butter adverts? That sort of anarchist <laughs> advertising. Um, similar, except less butter. Um, or we could use butter. But I would like to start maybe doing some illegal shit. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm talking like comic book levels of, of anarchistic shit. Like draping in a giant banner off the side of the what's it called now Bristol Tower mm. um with a QR code on it <laughs> I mean yeah I think that like I that I, that is absolutely guerrilla guerrilla advertising yeah um I think that guerrilla advertising might be how we have to go about this now but it's been done it's been done Theo what are we going to do has it been done recently no no but I think okay. I think well QR codes, then definitely. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think you'd need to like hang a sign off of a off of Bristol Tower. Is this a formerly Colston Hall? Yeah. Uh, formerly, yeah. Uh, yeah, formerly Colston Tower. Yeah. Yeah, Colston Tower. Uh, I I feel like you could just if you just had these QR codes fucking everywhere in town on on Friday and Saturday evenings especially mm. I feel like even a one drunken dude while he's waiting for his kebab gets curious and scans the, scans the code you know but is this would this be to link to your album or to you um, as an artist I think it would be to me as an artist like your Instagram? No, to well maybe I don't know to 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 your new Squarespace website. <laughs> this episode's been sponsored. Hit it all along. Say. Hashtag absolutely an ad. Um, do you want uh, do you want a propeller? <laughs> um, I think maybe to a Spotify page or just to I don't know, man. I don't know, maybe to a gig venue or oh, if can you work out something that would oh you probably couldn't. Like a QR code that you could scan in that would automatically follow, get someone to follow you on yes. Spotify. That, you can do well, that. Well, not uh, follow, not follow, because the, the art, I'm pretty sure that would be a conspiracy, because yeah. that would be, no. the, the art, the act of following has to be voluntary. Um, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Otherwise, Spotify would just make you follow any artist that you click through to. Um. But when you the way you were thinking about it is I could get it to open up Google Maps and direct them to a location. Oh yeah. 
That could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then what would be at that location? Me. Like another QR me, code. Me in a you. jar of honey. <laughs> me. Me. Oh, and... I got a bed of roses. <laughs> <laughs> me. It would just be me standing there. Hello. It's me. Um. <laughs> you found me. Uh. But um. Yeah, I think just to we we just need to say marketing is going to change and yeah, yeah. it's going to be up to the little guy i.e us to to be ahead of the curve when it comes to marketing and we need to start thinking about this now if you're a small artist and you're watching this you need to start thinking about alternative marketing methods now because the market excuse the pun market it's not even a pun excuse the phrasing the market is going to be saturated it's going to be saturated uh, Mr. Magic Monkey Man says, have the QR codes be a link to a site where they can hear examples, not full tracks. The way they almost immediately hear your music and peak interest, especially if the guy goes drunk. I think their brain will tell them that. I think their. I don't think their brain. Their brain. Uh, I don't think their brain will tell them they like it anyway and get you some subs. I'm. I would just link them to my Spotify, mm. because my Spotify is already out there. Like I have music on my Spotify account. Um, people can listen to it. It's. Uh, I don't know if examples would be the right way of going about it because I don't. I it, the sales of songs is not how we're going to support ourselves as artists. It's going to be through, uh, it's going to be through uh, alternative revenue streams like merch, Patreon, um, OnlyFans. Like <laughs> no, I'm being serious. I'm being absolutely serious. Like, bed of roses again, folks. Yeah, it's being my bed of roses. Like. Can you imagine how much money Hayley Williams would make if, if Paramore opened an OnlyFans? Oh, yeah. Loads. Loads. Yeah. Can you imagine how much money, I don't know, Orville Peck would make if he opened an OnlyFans? Loads. Loads. Um, so, so, a YouTube video or video you put on Facebook that shows a reel of songs 30 seconds each and generate interest. Oh, like a, like, like, a, a, like, a, like a trailer. Like a portfolio. Mini video portfolio. A trailer could be an interesting way of doing it, because I remember there used to be adverts on TV for for albums. Yeah. And I I, yeah. I kind of want those to come back. I like them. And it would always be it would always, there would always be three adjectives that they would describe, especially rock songs. They would describe hit new single. No, it would for pop songs it'd be hit, but for rock songs it would be stunning, beautiful, and. What's the last one? Fucking Super awesome. I think it's superb. Oh. <laughs> I think it's superb. So it'd be like Biffy Clyro's new album with superb circles and the uh, the stunning um, many of horror and the... Oh, it'd be Haunting. Haunting would be another one. Haunting. Yeah, like a trailer portfolio. Also, Lawrence Sprite, OnlyFans, not just for porn stars. You can do whatever you want. Yep, you can. Yep. Yeah. Twitch is becoming a bit of an OnlyFans at the moment, but I think it's going to die for the next couple, like six months. Um, but yeah, I think uh, OnlyFans is, is going to just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, okay, so that's we've got to 1.30. That's enough news. Um, should we go for a quick break? Let's do that. Okay, so we're going to have a very quick break, literally three Three to five minutes uh, to make a cup of tea, uh, refill our re refill our drinks, and then and come back here. Please do not go anywhere, or if you do go somewhere, come back, um, and we'll be back to to talk about some music.
welcome back to part two of today's show. Um, we've been talking about hymns and the construction of them. We've been talking about the silent YouTube video ad non-conspiracy. Uh, we've been talking about Wilhelm screams. We've been talking about the fear of performing. We've been talking about Charlie XCX. We've been talking about Corey Taylor. We've been talking about Spotify. Um, and propellers. Yeah, and propellers and Squarespace and OnlyFans. Oh, it's been a doozy of a, so, of a show so far. Um, yeah, it reminds me, if you, ever, if you ever do set up an OnlyFans, it's something I, I thought of on the break. Your profile picture should be you in a pair of little hot pants and a bra, kneeling on a bed, blowing a kiss, going, come visit my OnlyFans. Because people will know that they're not going to be going there to look at you in a bra. They, but they, they're not necessarily sure what they would be looking, looking <laughs> for. They would be seeing. Uh, Mr. Bunchy Bunker Mouse says, Gotta say, I love the break music. I put a smile on my face and some energy back on my body. Thank you. Thank you very much. It took me a long time to compose. Um, it's me trying my best to make a really long track for, for the transitional music. And it goes through. Uh... <laughs> my God, I see that's in the bra. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's, it, I, try and, I try and move through as many sort of musical styles as I possibly can in that transitional music. Um, but it was a lot of fun to make. Um, if you go to my, if you go to the VODs, you can see previous episodes. One of the really early episodes, I think I make the music. Um, <clears throat> yeah, speaking of music, do I talk about some songs? Let's talk about some songs. Let's play this new stinger. So do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to intro? By the way, we're assuming that that happened. I it, just, it well, did. I'm assuming it happened. It, it did happen. I can I can prove it by doing it again. Hold on. Here we go. Ready for this? Way didn't happen that time. Oh. Hold on. I can, <laughs> I can make it play again. Here we go. Wait. No, not yet. It's it's like eight seconds long. Shut up. Okay, let's try it again. One more time. We're going to wait for the proper amount of time. Ready? Three, two, one. Shut up! Hey! Yes. I worked that time. Um, <laughs> so, uh, do you want to intro the, the yeah. segment? So, this is a segment called uh, Songs We Can't Get Enough Of. So, it happened. Deja vu a third time. <laughs> They've changed something. Run. Uh, so, yeah, this is part of the show. Uh, songs we can't get enough of. So this is where Lawrence and I talk about songs we've been listening to this week that we just really like for whatever reason. It might be the songwriting. It might be the music. It might be the production. It might be that it's just really fun to listen to. And we have a playlist, which you can find on Spotify, which is updated every week. I believe the songs we're talking about this week have already been put on there. Not um, only that, my friend, not only that, mm -hmm. I've now reordered the entire playlist so that the ones we're talking about this week are the first ones you'll see on the playlist. So no longer scrolling to the bottom to get to the most recent songs. You, like, right a yeah, like a caveman. Yeah, like a like a stupid dum-dum. <laughs> I'm talking to past me who went... Oh, we'll just stick them all in the playlist. Let's not even think about how people are going to navigate it. Be <laughs> fair, you did ask for the order. You, you did try and make sure that they were in the order that, that we talk about them as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, but now they're but, in um, reverse that order. Yeah. So the playlist the playlist is called Why Can't I Do Music Good? Songs We Can't Get Enough Of. It's got a really cute little graphic for the cover. Yeah. Really nice. Provided by uh, Brave Face. Yep. If she's and... in the chat, say hi. But if she's not, don't. Sorry. What if she? <laughs> what if she is in the chat and she doesn't? How will we know? Um. We'll burn that bridge when we come to it. Right, so we, we're talking about these songs, and um, you'll be able to find them in the playlist. Go and listen to it. There's a really cool selection of songs on there, I think. It's really varied. Mm. Uh, do you want to kick us off, Florence? I will. I've got less to say about my song than I do about your song, because your song took me on a journey, man. Um, <clears throat> but my song um, is a song by... I've forgotten his bloody name. Tom... Uh, Dom... Don Thomas. Don Thomas. And it's called Come On Train. Um, and it's this, oh, it's this funky 70s soul funk thing. And it's, it's so cool. Yeah, it's, and it's, it feels really familiar when I listen to it. And it could just be the chords. It could just be the chord sequence. It's very evocative at the time. But it does feel like a song that gets played like way more than you realise. Like it's always in the background of something. Um, it's one of those sort of songs. It's one of those. It's one of them songs. Um, and then. So it's it's just about coming back home to your girlfriend after being away for ages and hoping she's still there, alive, single, internet guys. I don't know. <laughs> like, got dysentery. Well, it's it's like it, it's uh, it's weird because like back in the seventies, maybe that was a thing. I wasn't around, but it might be that you went off for a weekend and then came back and she was with another dude. She was like, you were gone for like two days. Oh, you would hell. never come back. <laughs> yes. Everybody would have that dog mentality. Like a, like a dog when you when you come home from work. Yeah, we're not... Oh, no, God, you're home. Thank God for that. We're not comparing women to dogs here. We're comparing people to dogs. Sorry, Karen. Say again? I said we're not comparing women to dogs. We're comparing people to dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially women. I mean, people. Um, <laughs> Well, no e dog. Either way, like despite the questionable nature of uh, the couple's relationship, the song isn't about that. It's just about begging a train to go faster because you can't wait to get to the other side. And it's oh, it's such a simple idea for a song. It, the seventies were a much simpler time, like you know, with the wife Pretty beating awesome. and the racism and the police corruption. Just simpler. Simpler time. It was much different. Oh, wait. Sorry. That's still happening now. Oh, well. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I don't think anyone would write a song about that nowadays. Like, about a train going too slow. Like, you, maybe well, you could write a song about, like, an Uber driver dropping delivery orders at the same time as trying to drop you off or how expensive fuel is. But, like. Well, you've got that song, um, Driver's License. That's yeah, but that's. Well, oh yeah, that's that interesting. Well, getting her driving license and not being and able to share like, it with the person that she wanted to share it with. Yeah. Yeah. So just like, well, I just I got my driving license. You know, we, when we were together, we were really excited about that. And now I'm driving my car, but I'm driving past your street, and yeah. I'm alone in my car. So yeah, maybe the, so there are some songs that's like transportation-based lyrics. Well, I, the only one that I <laughs> could. Well, the only the only song that I could think of being about 
a train not going fast enough was Last Train Home by Lost Profits, um, mm-hmm. which is a banger of a song. Um, I'm going to leave it that that. Um, so when it so this song, I I really like. There's just the the, the harmonies in it are great. Um, I love everything about this song and it's just it's just classic isn't it it's so it's just absolute classic 70s funk soul almost motown i don't know who released it i didn't go into that um the there is there is however there is however one negative i have about the song and i'm i it's just because i'm not a fan of like strings in in soul music like violins in soul music and string sections in soul music just because, like, when it's in soul and funk and Motown, it just edges way too close to being disco for my liking. <laughs> and I'm just not a fan of disco. Like, modern disco, like your house music and, and Justice and stuff like that, I'm I'm all for. But, like, traditional 70s, 80s disco, I'm just not a fan of. Because, let's be honest, I don't understand why somebody listened to Funkadelic, Sly and the Family Stone, and Marlena Shaw and said, oh, this is great! <laughs> but what are all the white people going to dance to? (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, that's, that's what I love about this song. I think it's a great track. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I did it a couple of times. It's nice. Not what I was expecting. No, I I I forget. I heard a song before. I, Mm -hmm. I forget that you, like that you and I weren't, as as close when i was going through my like my soul funk mm. stage which i'm still kind of into but like i think it was it was when i was building up to to getting to getting my driving license uh-huh. and i i was building a playlist to to drive to when i finally had a car and i was so excited i was like right i can only have the coolest songs what is the coolest type of music and of course it's 70s fucking funk and soul classic funk and soul from the 70s it is the coolest thing to drive to and this is when this is when the car industry was also taking a turn especially in america where suddenly the engines were getting massive the cars were getting massive um like here's look really 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 good example of the difference between English and American car manufacturing in the 70s. Um, cars in the 60s, um, well, up until the end of the 60s, they had a driver a driver thing, a driver seat, and a passenger seat. And in the UK, we were like, right, we still like our cars quite small. We can't expand our roads very much because we're very historical. So we'll keep to that design. America were like, why is there only two seats in the front? <laughs> why can't we get our entire family in the front seat and in the 70s they just had a sofa on the front seat and that was the sort of that is the attitude of the 70s from america it's just big brash brown and i don't mean that in like a racial way i mean like everything was brown then well we did we didn't think you did mean it like that until you said you didn't well, it's, well sorry now i now you think i do um but like they, they i just hear you're a racist now father <laughs> <laughs> they just it was just a weird like trend like suddenly everything was brown mm. um but like it's so so i what i did was i made a place with all these music on and it was it was for some reason i really it, it's basically switches between 
soul and funk from the 70s, fuzz rock from the noughties and 90s, and sort of southern, like, blues rock from the, from the 90s. And I don't know why those three, because they're kind of like they're they're a little bit similar, but not quite. But it just flicks around between those three, and it's just a really cool playlist to listen to. And I was listening to it for about two years before I ended up getting a car, to the point where I got bored of the playlist before I got the car. So, like, I did I did make an effort to make sure I listened to it for the first like six months of me having a car, but I did get bored of it. I still put it on occasionally. I mean, I could I could share it if you wanted to. It's a great driving playlist, but. Um, it's my driving playlist, so fuck yeah. Um, yeah, so that's my song. Um, Come on, train. Uh, nice. By Don Thompson. Oh, what a track! So, my track was um, "John the Revelator" by Depeche Mode. Which, you know what? I I listened to this song. I used to have um, this album years and years and years ago. I just bought it because a girl that I fancy said that she liked Depeche Mode. Um, so I bought a Depeche Mode album. Um, and I think it's the first track on there. Um, John the Revelator, you know, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I remember watching a music video for mm. it. Um, but I hadn't, until a few weeks ago, hadn't heard it in years. Like, like 10, 15 years. It's, yeah, it's, it's a reimagining of an old gospel song. Yeah, 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 yeah. So John the Revelator, uh, well, it's sort of a, it's almost like a kind of a, a nasty kind of parody of it. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's very interesting that you got given the the gospel according to John this week, and then yeah. chose to have this song because it the the song is is a reimagining of the gospel song John the Revelator, um, but redone in a very negative sort of twisty yeah, yeah. way well what it what it seems to be like what what seems to be happening is that they're portraying john as forcing god onto people mm. or using his god to justify putting down non-believers mm. um, so so in fact i don't know do we do should we have a look at the yes i've got the lyrics up I can have the lyrics. Yeah, up. but I wonder if you want to have a look at the original. Um, um, I won't be able to find the lyrics without tanking the stream because if I oh open yeah, yeah, yeah window, I can get the the lyrics of this one up, and it's already struggling. Okay, um, that's fine. so. So uh, the original. Um, who did the original? Who was it by? Flipped around. Let's have a look. Oh, is it Blind Johnson, is it? Um, yeah. No, he covered it. Ah, uh, Okay, well, so, yeah, so it's a song, um, the lyric, basically they've, the lyric that they've taken um, and bounced off of is, who's that writing? John the Revelator wrote the book of the Seven Seals. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's effectively, it's, it's just a, a story about, um, it's it's a story about John the Revelator. Um, this the Depeche Mode um, version is effectively it would be like somebody who just 
fucking a real cynic who really doesn't like anything. Someone like me. Yeah. Would. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I was hoping you were going to say that. Because <laughs> I sure as fuck wasn't going to. <laughs> I had your back. You. I had your back, friendo. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like. um. It's effectively, it's what someone like me, a cynical asshole, would say. Uh, you know, looking at um, looking at, uh, at St. John. Um, so the uh, so I'll just yeah I'll just read through the first couple of verses. Yeah, I'll get them uh, here. That's fine. John the Revelator, put him in an elevator, take him up to the height high, take him up to the top where the mountains stop, let him tell his book of lies. And then it's John the Revelator, who's a smooth operator. It's time we cut him down to size, take him by the hand, put him on the stand, let us hear his alibis. Um, sum it up. Um, I just heard what sounded like an explosion. Uh, That's give me one sec. Sure. <laughs> oh, dear. Well... It's just you and me. Let's do some submission music. Pick a key. Don't pick a key. I won't be able to play in it. Let's see. Do we know Neutral Milk Hotel? Meg, you'll know Neutral Milk Hotel. Is Meg here? Ah. Oh. About to do some Neutral Milk Hotel. Ah. Oh, what a shame. Um. Uh, no, it, well, it sound it could have been just like construction work, just happened to be loud construction work. Um, I didn't see any evidence of explosion. Cool, sweet. Um, so yeah, so um, effectively, the, like the pre-chorus here, uh, I think is the most important, important bit, and it's, yeah. it's um, by claiming God as his holy right, he's stealing God from the Israelite, stealing God from the Muslim too. There is only one God through and through. Um, and then what I think is really cool is that they talk about sevens. Yeah, so We've, seven's a holy number. Magical number, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of, yeah, so the, the most famous reference to seven being um, a uh, somebody thinking that they should, that they're being clever, they are actually being quite clever, um, asks Jesus, how if my neighbor sends me, how many times should I forgive him? Or should I forgive him or something? And, he, mm. and Jesus says, um, how, how many times should I forgive him? Seven times? Um, <laughs> and the guy, and Jesus says, uh, you should probably forgive him 70 times, seven times. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. I'm being, I'm making a, I'm making a mess of it. Um, well, so this, yeah. Oh, carry on. Sorry. No, 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 no. Carry on. Well, I was going to say, so Jesus said seven times seven. 70 times 7. 70 times 7. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. Well, um, the lyric in the... Uh, I guess this is an, another pre-chorus? Um, um, unless it's part of the same... According uh, to the lyrics, according to Genius lyrics, it's the chorus. Right, okay. That makes sense, yeah. Um, so the lyric is there's seven lies. Another. Sorry? I said there's just not another verse. Um, so the lyric is seven lies multiplied by seven multiplied by seven again 
um, seven angels with seven trumpets send them home on the morning train. Uh, and then it's who's that shouting? John the Revelator. All he ever gives is pain. He should bow his head in shame. Which really cool. Like the whole seven lies. But it's not just seven lies, seven times seven lies. Mm. But it's not just seven times seven lies. It's seven times seven times seven lies. You know? yeah. <laughs> this guy's absolutely chocked full of shit. Yeah, that's uh, it, it's a really interesting there because like seven is supposed to be the like I said, the holy number. Um or a, a holy number. And mm. in the same way that six 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 is supposed to be the number of the devil, seven 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 is supposed to be the name number of God. Um which is a it's a weird way of doing it. I, so I think it's just people people just making shit up. Yeah. <laughs> um, Especially yeah. since the number of the devil isn't six six six. No, it's six one six, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, well, this I sort of saw as like, um, what was I think? Like, kind of the ultimate sort of sneery, dickhead thing that you'd say. Mm. It's like, oh, all, all sevens. Book of the seven seals, huh? Seven lies. Seven times seven lies. Seventy times seven lies. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and the whole thing. John the Revelator, shut your fucking face and bow your head. Shut your pie hole, mate. You can, there's no pancake mix in there. There's no pancake mix. <laughs> you ain't got no pancake mix. Oh, how much have we dated ourselves? Uh, <laughs> probably because nobody probably. Like, if we did a Vine, that would be one thing. But we did a old, old ass YouTube video. So yeah. it's it's so old, it's cool again. If we like, were like, ah, you made me drop my croissant, that would be. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I could have my croissant. Stop. Uh, so yeah, that's that's also the 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 second chorus. Well, okay, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, just checking, checking forward in the lyrics. But yeah, like it just really for a song, it's so obvious what it's about, man. Mm. And I, yeah, go on. Well, I was just gonna say I went on a a bit of a negative positive negative positive journey with this with this song and mm. so i've got so many notes i'm sorry mate um Ooh. Ooh. there's gonna be a little bit of me being nitpicky and there's gonna be a little bit of me praising the song as well um so yeah so the track was released in 2005 and it still sounds 80s as hell yo yeah it really does yeah and it, it so it wasn't until the 2010s that the the, the, the retrospective nostalgia for the 80s happened um and depeche mode are the sort of band that i imagine started as like a traditional three-piece band in their parents garage um and then as soon as they got their hands on a synth they just got obsessed absolutely yeah, yeah. obsessed with synth they just never let it go exactly <laughs> and they just learned how to do everything on it but never kept up with how synths have changed over the years and now yeah. it's too late and there's too much to catch up on to modernize their sound <laughs> oh, it's too late <laughs> yeah. it's been invented <laughs> you, do you know well do you know what it's no 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 plug it in here no no it's doesn't it's not all in one is it um however However, you can absolutely see it like a progression to the more modern styles of songwriting. Um, so where you like use fewer chords and keys to do the same amount of like musical heavy lifting that you had in the eighties, hmm. and I think I think like for a while, I, I I could imagine for a while 
that synths kind of hurt the reputation of musicians who use them because like maybe it felt almost like being lazy or so you'd use more complex chords and progressions and tonal changes to say hey hey i'm not a hack i know what the fuck i'm doing i am a fucking musician just because i'm letting a lot of stuff do do a lot of heavy lifting for me you know um well yeah i mean i so what i was um I, the, in fact, the the music, the the synthiness and the drums um, were the main reason that it's stuck out to me so much. But really, it's not even that. It's because I've been keeping an ear out for songs that I might want to um, try, like live looping. Mm-hmm. And it's been that, perfect for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely perfect. And it's such, and it, the lyrics as well. Yeah. Like, the- wicked. I don't like, I, if it, and it's not even. It's not even about. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you, Christianity. It's just these lyrics are good, man. I I started off not liking the lyrics. Now that we've gone into the lyrics together, I have a better appreciation for them because I am one of those dickheads that that don't really pay much attention to the lyrics. I sort of half hear phrases and then make assumptions about the lyrics. I am that guy. Um, yeah, I guess but, a lot of people do that. Yeah. Like I didn't like the lyrics for the track, but I did love the musicianship and how simple yet effective it is. Like there's there's not a lot going on. Um, it, is it is catchy, and I would say it doesn't necessarily need to be a lot. Um, but like the the drums and the EQ changes in the first in the first verse are doing a lot to keep me interested. Mm. Um, and the harmony on John the Revelator is just really fun so nice it's cool isn't it like it's it's simple it's not trying to be anything it's not it's just a fun 80s pop harmony and it, it it's perfectly placed um the dissonant change halfway through the song is like it's very surprising it's very jarring and it's <laughs> it is a shame that not more is done with it like i found like a solo of some kind well i was right. thinking of like you could you could have used it to modulate to just to another part of the song to something different from the rest of the song um, but it's it feels like it's literally just being used to make sure we don't get bored as a listener, because like the it's it's like it's the equivalent of a big bowl of chips at the side of sauce. Like chips are great, uh, they're comforting and you know what you're getting and they're crispy and they're fluffy and like, but but you absolutely are at some point going to want to dip a chip in the sauce because otherwise <laughs> you aren't going to be finishing that shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then like it does go back to the status quo and we end up with the same sort of thing it starts on however however i did go back and i listened again not for like a not for like a double take of i can't believe that that shit it's (laughs) it it, despite what i said it's god damn it's an addictive track nice it's an addictive track it's good i like it and I, i can listen to it loads of times um and 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 I I realized after the second or third listening of it, it's it's almost an exercise in intelligent laziness. So it's a copy and paste track where the same thing happens over and over again. You begin and end the track with something different. Um, so like then you have another different thing in the middle of it, and then you sprinkle some fun things around. So in fact, maybe the chips analogy is actually an incorrect analogy. It's more like nachos. So, like, every bite is exactly the same thing, but occasionally you get some spice, some creaminess, some zing. And that's enough to keep you wanting to go back for more. 
of what is actually just very boring corn tortilla chips. No, this is a yeah, really yeah. good track. Really good track and an excellent addition to the playlist. Well, well. Mm. What a shining review. Mm. So you can um you can read the uh well, you can listen to those on the playlist. But now I think Lawrence, you've got um you've got something less less favorable. Yeah, so there's a there's a sort of flip of this section uh so songs that we can't get enough of to songs that didn't get enough love which we um, don't really do we don't do often but i'm trying to do it more because i think it's valuable to sort of for us to sort of peg our musical hooks on something and to say look this song's great and this song is needs some work and here's what i would do as a musician i think it's oh, sure it's good for us to as an exercise to to sort of verbally talk through and discuss mm. improvements that we could make because it's it's all fine to shit on a song but if you're going to shit on it you're going to say you got to say how you're going to improve it yeah why and what you would do differently because it might be that what you do differently be fucking worse you dickhead mm-hmm. um so um amberlin released uh, can i first off say i'm i'm a fan I am a fan of Amberlin. Yes, the lead singer's weird looking. Okay, we get it. Yes, you uses... are talking about Anne Boleyn, the band, not Anne Boleyn. Yeah, the uh, long deceased wife of Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? And a... <laughs> I love Anne Boleyn. I love Anne Boleyn. She's my favorite beheaded lady. I can't remember if she's beheaded. I don't pay that much attention. Amen. I get to the point where he's like, let's separate church and state. And I'm like, that's a really good idea. And that's all I care about. Um, well done, Henry. Well done, Mister <laughs> Eighth. Um, so, um, so yeah, uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Amberlin. Um, yeah, they 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 use do 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 as a as a lyric way too much. Um, but I I can get behind their music. I think that that some of the not necessarily some of the albums, but some of their songs pack a massive punch, and I like them. And I don't necessarily. Maybe I think that sometimes they would do better having a different singer, um, but as a band, I'm, I can get behind them, and I, I, I think they're fine. This song, however, this this song has disappeared, and I thought it was a new release. Turns out it's not. Uh, turns out it it sounds like it's a it's a live recording of one of their streamed gigs. Now a lot of bands in lockdown have been doing various iterations of stream bands uh, streamed gigs my favorite so far has been the hives who literally would play a set at the same time locally local time um just moving the local time around the world so they were doing a world tour um but if you got if you got tickets to see them it would be at your country's local time um so it was that was really cool um, and what Anne Berlin have been doing is they've been doing the sort of, I think this is this is very much localized to like Florida bands because Under Oath, who's from Tampa, Florida, and Anne Berlin, who's from Tampa, Florida, did exactly the same thing where they just took one of their old albums and did a live re- replay of it. Um, and this must be from that. However, oh. Boy, the mixing is fucking awful. <laughs> like, I, I think it's just that the whole thing is a bit lackluster. It's—I you know. don't know what went wrong. 
I don't know what went wrong. Like they've they've always had like don't get me wrong, they've always had questionable mixing when it comes to their albums. Like they they make some decisions that I would have made six months ago. Um but I'm six months older now and they have a lot more experience than me. So I don't know why they're making those decisions. But even, like so so from a mixing point of view, the drums are the only thing you can hear. Like it's just drums and they are almost distorted. That's how loud they are. They are they sound like they're almost clipping. Mm. Um it does sound like they've had to put a limiter on the drums just to stop them from doing it. Um and that limiter has not done them any favors. So I, I, I don't know whether it's to do with the mic placement because when you're doing a live like because essentially you're doing live recording but for a not live track or the other way around i can't remember what yeah. it is it's a well, weird I, process mm. so yeah it is weird so i think what they're saying live as in you know we get one take and we're all playing together yes but still is recorded so that it can be edited and sent out later right? yes yes so you're recording all individually like the the drums would be just overheads and and the mics in yeah various drums uh the guitar is recorded separately like maybe there was just too much bleed maybe maybe they just picked the wrong space to record it in and this is the result of it but it feels like that should be something that the audio engineer already knows how to deal with yeah, like it. It sounds almost like they got a a producer or a studio technician who had never done live music before to do something which he thought was going to be a studio thing, but turned out to be a live thing. I don't know. There's, it's this is one of those situations where like going to a plane analogy again. A plane does not fall out of the sky because one thing goes wrong. A plane falls out of the sky because lots of things in sequence go wrong. And I think this is one of those situations. Yeah. But I, I, you can't you can't even hear hear the lyrics. You don't know what what's being sung. You can you can barely hear the rhythm guitar. The bass is just overwhelmed by the drums. It's and it's it definitely it and it, it hurts to listen to. Like literally, it gives it hurts my head and ears to listen to it. I have to turn it down. Um, which is weird because i can normally cope with quite quite loud sounds although i am absolutely when i when i if i start gigging i'm gonna have to wear earplugs because i can't be dealing with that shit have you seen sound of metal sound of metal hmm. no it's um i think it's on netflix it's or on amazon i can't remember but it's a movie about a metal drummer played by riz Ahmed, um better known as the villain from venom or um can't think of any others <laughs> <laughs> um but it's about a heavy metal drummer who loses his hearing and it's about the journey he goes on on how that affects him as a human being to lose his hearing it's not about him how it affects him losing the ability to drum it's about how it affects his life and and his search for his hearing um I haven't watched it, but I've watched like a breakdown of it, and I've watched it won it won an, uh, an Oscar for a sound design um, because oh, no. they use really, 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 really intuitive and, and, and interesting techniques to record the sound in the movie to make it as close to experiencing deafness for the listener as possible. It's really, really interesting. Um, 
but that's war. I'm worried that this that, that this track is going to cause me to go there. <laughs> well, oh, just so TMI. Well, so Paper Tigers, um, the the album was uh, just New Surrender. Okay, so just just that album. I find it. I find it, it weird that they've they renamed their albums for the live version. Like, yeah. I, I, well, I mean, possibly Paper Tigers is the name of the show, and their set list in that show was just the 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 set list for New Surrender. Yeah, yeah, I can I can That's understand it. Get around it. I can understand it, like, but I still don't get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, I think it's a bit. I think it's effectively re-releasing an album. Yeah, just just because this is the way that you can make money right now. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm okay with the idea of re-releasing a live version of an album. I think that's fine. I think I don't think I have an issue with anything that they're doing as a band. It's mm. just the recording techniques for this of, of, I'm questioning. Mm. Well, you know, I never... Yeah. The thing is, Amberlynn is one of those bands that I know a lot of. Yeah. Just because I dated someone who listened, who loved them. Um and I've heard all of their songs, to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most part, they're just sort of fine. And But there is the occasional... You know, like, there are bits in a song that you listen to every now and then where there's just something nice in there. Mm. Like, it's like, like one harmony or one little, like, break of silence that lasts for a beat but is in just the right place. And yeah. There, like Amberlynn has got a couple of things like that um, that I just really love, and so yeah. you know there are these songs that are like, what's it called? Um, We're on the same side in the same war. Oh, I'm so I'm less au fait with Amberlynn than you are because okay. I I listened to their old stuff and I listened to like I listened to. Um, blueprints for I oh know blueprints for future homes is normal gene. Um, uh, don't never make friendship personal. That right. album and cities and darkest way lights the place, and that's kind of where I dropped off because because oh, cities was cities was a great album. It was way overproduced though, <laughs> um, and I still love it as an album. But I can appreciate the fact that it is an overproduced album. It's very difficult to like recreate that sound live. Um, so you have more of an experience there, um, but well, anyway, I think just what, like, what you're singing. I was going to say if you yeah. knew the song, then I think it's you... from Darkest Way, Light of the Place. But yeah, I, yeah okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I, either way, it's just they've got this odd little bit in their songs that I'm just like, mm. but for the most part, I I feel like they they're all right. Yeah, I don't go nuts for them. Uh, Mr. Magic Monkey Man. Oh, I technique... just, just replied to it. Carry on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, I was, I'm just going to read it. Yeah, go for the it. techniques in a live recording are far from the same as studio recording. Yeah, even if the band plays together in a studio, the room is meticulously treated, whereas at a live show, each venue has its nuances from one another. Yep. You have the crowd to contend with, even if they're silent, subtle movements of a breathing and in individual electromagnetic field. I hadn't thought about that before. Generated by a human body, builds up within a large crowd. And, well, there, there's also the fact that, I think we were talking about this before, like, human beings the human body has a very very good uh, absorption coefficient mm. it's it, it absorbs sound very very well um 
all this has picked up meaning you have to drastically rethink the way you operate from your studio experience maybe their producer was a pro in the studio but a noob at live recording yeah like exactly yeah. Yeah. exactly what you said Lawrence yeah yeah but yeah that's good. that's good insight I hadn't thought about um electromagnetic fields yeah because um whenever uh, one thing I notice is that so uh, I work in a pub and I notice that when there's a big football game on I cannot get phone signal uh, despite the fact there's loads of people out there all with phones I should be able to like carry a signal off of their phones but there's so many people out there that it, I just can't I can't even get a wi-fi signal let alone a phone <laughs> signal so yeah that's that absolutely really really good observation okay um so so those are the uh the songs we uh, we couldn't get enough of and songs that didn't get enough love um just a reminder that there is a playlist on spotify um where you can listen to all the previous songs as well as the ones we talked about today um really good listen really interesting listen um I think that what we're I know the one thing that I've definitely trying to do with this with this playlist now now that I know it's like out there I'm trying to get some more mainstream stuff on it because I don't one thing that I was very aware of is that when we started the playlist it was very niche things stuff that we hadn't really heard of which is fine which is absolutely fine but um I don't want people to feel like we're just being hoity-toity and be like, oh, this is a musical dialogue. Oh, listen, I'm such a white road. I heard something the other day. Do you know what I mean when I say Justin Bieber? Why is this this quiet, 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 quiet? And have you heard the the indutable stylings of the the cold play? Um, oh, musical <laughs> crumpets are the cold play. <laughs> oh, that's a clip. Um, <laughs> so, uh, okay, so uh, moving on to the, the final part of the show, uh, which is the Wheel of Conversation. So let me hey, get... Have you changed the lyrics? Um, no, I haven't. That's fine. Uh, why? Well, because you said that every, by the time, every time I'd learned the lyrics, Yeah, I did say that. Um, the I can't remember why I didn't. I think it's because I, uh, I just didn't. Last five seconds, and it is pretty easy to remember. It's just a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, maybe you it was more. Maybe back. maybe it was just the joke was more me thinking, you thinking that there was going to be a change of lyrics. So whenever we started, oh, you'd just be a little bit unsure. Oh, I just panic. Yeah. Okay, well that's cool. That's cool. Um, panic. So, uh, so this is the wheel of conversation. It is full of some dumb and some interesting and some unrelated music questions that I have thought of during during the previous weeks. Um, some stuff that I like, I just had random thoughts, and I'm like, oh, I don't know the answer to that, and I don't really want <laughs> to look it up. Thoughts, like, if I was presented with six different musical artists and had shag one, marry the other, and kill the other. Oh, that. Well, the... that reminds me. I need to generate some artists just in case that comes up. Uh, so you're gonna, everyone's gonna see the inner workings of what's going on right now, and the stream might tank. So before we do anything, random bands of musicians, get that going right now. Um, <clears throat> Um, I literally, uh, I go to, uh, 
randomless.com uh random music quantity eight although i've started to realize there's a it keeps bringing up the it's bring, keeps bringing up the same ones that we've had recently so i'm going to rerun it let's see what it does no i don't want to click on billy eilish fuck off okay yeah this 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 works okay cool oh no we've had we've had a lot of these Um, it's random bands. I've generated eight now, so just in case it's alright. Um, so I guess it's time to spin the wheel of conversation. Where is it going to land on? Spin the wheel of conversation. Good. Behold the power of random. Okay. Okay, so the, the instrument, uh, sorry, the instrument, the, the question we have today is what is the coolest instrument? The coolest instrument. The coolest instrument. Like, guitars are pretty cool, but are there, it's like, what, if we were to do a tier, a tiered system of how cool you are based on the instrument that you play, is there a tier system? Is there a coolest instrument? If there is, what would it be? Ah, so hard. Like, I'm, so. Like, a theremin all right, is all right. a cool instrument. But the people who play it inevitably not cool people, so that's a cool instrument. But it doesn't it doesn't have a a, a coolness coefficient? Not coefficient. Uh, you know what I mean? Correlation. That's the one. Thank I, you. I've I've been thinking about um, possibly looking into making a theremin. I would love you to make a theremin for a very very simple reason. I want to record the sound of a theremin turning off and use it in a track. The sound of a theremin turning off. Yeah, it sounds so sick. And I can't find any recordings of it anywhere. Have you heard a theremin being turned off before? Yeah. Ma like an analog theremin. A, a, an analog theremin, yeah. So, uh, Matt, uh, Matt, our tutor from university, um, yeah. he showed, like, he had a sound, I can't remember where I got it from, but the sound of a theremin turning off is so cool. Um, <laughs> Oh, well, speaking of like Foley artistry, I I recorded something to use in the album. I so uh, do you know the swivel bridge that's near me? The swivel bridge. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So for the first time ever since I've lived here, um, I was witness to the bridge being like swiveled. You're not talking about Prince Street Bridge. Yeah. You've seen that happen. Before. Never seen that happen. I used to work next to it, to be fair. So yeah, you've seen it quite a lot. Um, I've seen it. But I, I saw it for the first time the other day, and when it closes, the sound is incredible. So I recorded mm. the sound, um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna use it. I, I can't. Yep. I might use to record it again because it was a windy day and some people were talking, and I can't EQ out all the stuff that I want to EQ out. But um, I'm, I'm gonna, I might have to record it again. I, I got a recording a few years ago, which I've I accidentally deleted, which I feel so stupid for. Now you but, are, huh? Only now you are because I want it. But <laughs> well, um, ooh, want to become famous? Yeah, boy, click that link. Don't click the link if you're if you're in the chat. Don't click the link. If you could just get rid of that, please. Thing. Yeah, I'm not sure how to do it unless I've got them settings. Okay, up. I'll do it. It's alright. I'll do it. Cool. 
Davey 504, by the way. Yes, excellent bass player. It is time to play bass. It's not bass. No, that is... Slap the lighting. Is this guy? It's alright, it's alright, buddy, I'll do it. You're saying? Where's the free? Still have the bruises from when Dave does it. He does slap. That's so we were talking about... Huh? Plectrum is cheating. <laughs> yeah. Plectrum isn't cheating. I think that Plectrum sounds better than playing with your fingers. It depends what, what you're playing, I guess. It also depends on how well you can play with your fingers. And I, I can't play very well with my fingers, so I have to use Plectrum. You can get, like, fuzzy felt. Plectrum. I've got one. You've got Yeah. Oh, it's covered in felt and fuzz. Yeah, <laughs> I've, uh, it's been on my felt. floor for ages, but I've got one. There it is. So thick. It's just extra plectrum now. Oh god, it's so thick. What were we talking about? Um, what's the coolest instrument? Yeah, 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 yeah. Coolest instrument. So, well, as far as the theremin getting the sound of a theremin turning off, Matt was would have been referring to an analog theremin, whereas the theremin, that, if I were to make a theremin, would probably be out of a Raspberry Pi or a, or an Arduino. You hack. Uh, yeah. They cost like six hundred quid, man. The only means is a joke. Yeah, yeah. We also know yeah. it's a joke. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I, I am I in on the joke. Anybody who doesn't realise that is probably just doesn't watch his videos. Like, <laughs> I think anybody who th actually thinks that playing bass with the plectrum is cheating um, needs to. Well, yeah. yeah not a good position. Yeah. It's um, like. It's the same as the absolute numbers thing, right? Yes. <laughs> like you can't, all right, you can play it whatever way you want, but you can't tell me that I have to play it like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cheating. <laughs> Not bass. I wish I could just, <laughs> just, just pull really... up the reverb whenever I needed to. That's a really good impression of him, by the way. Oh, like, it's, it's, it's uncanny, man. It's uncanny. Um, yeah, the coolest instrument. Flute. It's not the saxophone. Well, flute, maybe. I don't know. Jazz flute. No it depends how you play it. I think the see, I don't I want to give this answer, but it's a bit of a dickhead cop out answer. And I'm not sure this is necessarily the coolest instrument. But the human body. You fuck. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, carry on. Carry on. Well, so firstly, like, you can, like, your the the sounds you can make with your body, are not just limited to your mouth, right? Um, <laughs> killed Carl. Man, killed Carl. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, dude. But like, uh, so like, I am constantly drumming on myself. I'm clicking my fingers. I'm like, I use my bones clicking when I'm beatboxing sometimes. Just I know that I need to click something. I'll do it I'll do it on the beat. Um <laughs> with the armpit fucks. Who said anything about armpits? Uh, <laughs> oh god. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like 
the like even just if you can consider like how many different noises you can make just tapping yourself in different places and like the fact that you can generate tube percussion like that mm-hmm. um or just by hammering on your head and opening your mouth you know <laughs> like and and then on top of that there's everything that you can do with your voice yep. like you can your voice gives you more control and more dynamic range than i think almost any instrument that is separate from your body right because you if you know exactly how loud you want to be then you can sing exactly loud yeah um, and you know it's like anything is if you learn to use it then it's hugely powerful like somebody who's been practicing singing making music with their with their body for um for years and years and years is automatically going to have a better understanding of their instrument than you know somebody who's naturally good at singing or naturally good at tapping on themselves or whatever Mm. hasn't hasn't put the time into learning just like how diverse it is because i think it's the same with anything like there's always how complicated something looks and then how complicated it actually is once you start learning about it. Mm. You know, so like you can say that being a producer is just pressing a few buttons and letting the computer put it in the right key for you and do all the time. You'd be wrong, but you could say that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could say that, but if you were to start learning to produce music, you would really quickly realize that a DAW is a really massively powerful tool and that, you know, you you could study this for years and scratch the surface of, of what it's capable of. And yeah, like the voice can be used to sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. It can, it can also be using operas, you yep. know, mm. used to sing polyphonically if you know how to do it, yeah. if you put time into learning your craft. So, I think certainly is one of those diverse instruments. Yeah. Um, I got two answers. I got two answers. Okay. One kind of self-indulgent. Two. The second one is is I've just thought of this just now, and it's so I'll go with the second one first because because I love confusing things. Um. <laughs> uh the 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 bass that's the bass slash bass guitar that Jason Janik has. Oh, the bass six. The bass six. Oh, what an incredible instrument! Like I think that's just insane um, as a as an instrument. So yeah, I'm gonna say that or harmonica if you can play harmonica really well. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So okay, I, I think then. Um, what do you, what would you say is cool in an instrument? I would say coolness is would say okay so so either yes, sorry just a sec mr magic monkey man yes the armpit farts are a noise you make with your body but it's not the only type of fart i can make with my body that's why i said we weren't talking about armpits <laughs> <laughs> um okay i was uh so okay so my hands <laughs> so um so I either so I'd say that a, an instrument is cool either 
because of the, some of the, the interesting stuff that it does. Or because of, like the Fonz, how little effort it puts into being great. So the bass six is cool because it's a bass and a guitar at the same time. I know there's a wish to comment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the because uh, it's it's a bass and it's a guitar at the same time. It's just really cool. Cool idea. Harmonica. You don't have to carry around any big anything. You can have it in your pocket. You can. It's you can whip it out where. Calm down, Lawrence. Um, you can just. You can have to get... be a big thing. You keep it in your pocket. You whip it out whatever you want. <laughs> You blow or suck, depending on what your technique is. Um, <laughs> I'm, do, you, uh, do you ever read the um, Disney Vacation subreddit? No. Um, it's basically where people take WikiHow pictures and recap oh, them. Oh, yeah, re recontextualize them or something. I did one of those, and it was I was looking up how to play harmonica, and it was just this dude who was holding just a grey oblong into his mouth, and I, I recaptioned it as how to give your rubber boyfriend a blowjob. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, I think uh, harmonica, like, it, if you can play it well, you, it's appropriate for a lot of situations, not every situation, but a lot of situations, and it's tuned, which is great, and it has a very, very specific sound. It's an iconic sound. Um, it's portable, very portable, and mm. um, I don't know. It's just something very cool about harmonica. Bob Dylan played one. Bob Dylan's cool as fuck. Well, I don't know, man. Uh, Chuck Reagan plays one. Chuck Reagan's cool as fuck, even though all he does is fish now. Um, Anybody who plays a harmonica is cool as fuck. You know, I heard Starlet played the harmonica. Cool as fuck. <laughs> like if I get like I would like if I could maybe a kazoo is cooler than a harmonica because it's not limited to key. Yeah, and has a similar sound. Well, this is it. Except if I had two kazoo's at the same time, and they could, and I could offset each note by a third, that would be a harmonica sound. But, yeah. Well, in fact, well, if you had a melodica, that would be a harmonica sound that you could control. So like, you're cool. Like, you have no, a melodica. No. But this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. I because I, I spoke to you not long after I got this melodica. It's really cool. It's I think it's one of the most diverse instruments. And you said, Oh really? Do elaborate. And I I pointed out that it is this big. That is a keyboard. That is that is more keys than you've got on your MIDI keyboard. Yep. Uh, it is polyphonic or monophonic. It has the it is a harmonica backed of a individual reads um and it's like it, it needs no the expression that you can have with this is just limited to how soft or hard you can blow into it and so, so this i think this is really i guess yeah and also both both it allows you just to make music man. both this and your uh melodica are the size of our respective penises as well so I haven't got so much white on mine. <laughs> um, also, I kind of—it's hard to look cool playing a melodica, though. 
I mean, whereas this this pose makes me look like I'm some like a cool guy. <laughs> it makes me look like I'm just like I'm I'm a drifter. I'm a homeless man in the swamp. I'm bad boy. I'm a bad boy. Bunking off of work. <laughs> <I'm> bunking <laughs> off. <laughs> Stealing proper ladder DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe you won't get to the bottom of this, but I but as far as you're concerned, the coolest instrument is probably your melodica. Well, probably the coolest. Oh, I don't know. Even the instruments alone, man. Uh, have you got a banjo? I'd like a banjo. I haven't got a banjo. I've got a mandolin. Um, you can make a guitar sound like a, a banjo. We found by um, inflating a balloon behind the sound hole. I've heard that, and I also heard that a lot of people think a lot of banjo players disagree. But oh, I'm sure a lot of banjo players do disagree. <laughs> yeah, a lot of balloonists, however, agree. <laughs> a lot of clowns agree. <laughs> a lot of clowns agree. A lot of banjo players disagree. You know, across a, a balloon poodle that I made it sounded exactly like a banjo. No, it'd be the other way around. I'd I'd stretch guitar strings across a real poodle, and it sounded like a balloon popping. <laughs> <laughs> okay um i think we can we can leave we can leave that question now um right let's go for another one we've got time we've got time. another one um okay so spill the wheel of conversation what is it going to land on spill the wheel of conversation behold the power of random oh yes um, okay so we are going to use the uh the the eight it's the variation, right performed, judged harshly after too many tequilas. This is the well, same one we did last week. Um, but this time, the artists are... Foo Fighters. I'm going to write this down because I'm going to have to close the screen in a minute. Uh, so, Foo Fighters. Mm -hmm. um, Harry Gregson Williams, who is the composer for Shrek. Oh. Um, Miles Davis. Oh. Elton John. Um, J. Cole. That's spelled J. Cole, C-O-L-E. Um, Casey Musgraves. Um, oh, Billie Eilish again. It looks is in every single one of these. Yeah. The Brits is rigged. Um, and Cheap Trick. Okay. Um. Uh, J. Cole is a J. Cole. very good rapper. Okay. Um, who is... Um, female singer-songwriter um also pretty good okay and who is cheap trick cheap trick did surrender that uh uh mommy's all right daddy's all right they just seem a little weird surrender surrender uh, yeah maybe yeah right. and so our um our choice um, is perform a song by them 
so you get to write a song for them they get to perform one of your song sorry um what was it again perform judge harshly after too many tequilas so i okay, write yeah, you you write a song uh they get they write a song for you you uh they perform one of your songs or they judge you harshly after having too many tequilas and anyone who's not involved gets to watch. Okay. So who do I want to write a song for me? I think if... Uh, I think I I would like Billie Eilish to write a song for me. See, I don't like Billie Eilish's lyrics. The production is great. I don't like... I th yeah, I think I I gave the same answer last time we did this because Billie Eilish came up last time as well, but I think that I, I think that Billie Eilish, and my style go well together nicely because I do the sort of self-deprecating, uh, slightly folky but mostly emo rock, um, questioning stuff. Mm. lyrics i think that her lyrics could go well with my style so i think i'm oh, gonna pick Billy is it, did you, what was the second one harry something williams harry gregson williams which one's he um he wrote the shrek music yeah yeah you said so okay um you have billy Ash writing a song for you mm. i think i'd like to have elton john covering one of my songs yeah. Because then you know you'd made it, man. <laughs> if Elton John covers one of your songs, you fucking made it. Which song? Which song? Um, I think Elton John would probably do well at covering The Great Arcade. Which is uh, the one that I wrote about my dad and my fear of death. Ah. Just because it's got the best lyrics in, and I think that if... If uh, if I want Elton John to cover one of my songs, it's got to be the one with the best lyrics. You know what? I do would like to see Foo Fighters cover one of your songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cut. Someone posted a Facebook post the other day of what is the most overrated band, and someone said Foo Fighters. I'm like, I think they're rated just about right. I think maybe in the noughties they were overrated, but now yeah. they've fallen off popularity enough. I would I would still say the most overrated band is the Beatles. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, carry on. We I went off topic there. Um, uh, Foo right. Fighters performing one of my songs would be really interesting because can you imagine just that screechy, especially if it was something like "Meant to Be the Sun," um, where it's just that hard. You're meant to know the gospel. You're meant to yeah, be yeah, yeah. the sun. That would. You can see Grohl with his scrunched face singing it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be awesome. But I think that if if Elton John would like, I think if Foo Fighters were to cover my song, then the same reason I gave last time, it would be Foo Fighters covering another person's song. It'd be Foo Fighters' version. But if Elton John were to cover one of my songs, I think it would be a homage. It would be like you've done this song is so good that I would like to rewrite this song. Well, okay. You know what? I think. Just because you told me that J. Cole is a writer, a rapper, sorry. Yep. I feel like 
I want him to write a song for me. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be sick. I want him to write a song for me, which I could then rap musically. Well, I think <laughs> or not. J Cole is one of the, one of those musicians that I think you would pair well with. Like, if you ever got a shot at a collaboration with J Cole, you guys would do well together. Yeah. 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 Sweet. What? What, it's, it's just your sensibilities like he's very sort of anti a lot of stuff but you're like questioning stuff and you'd like to do sort of a, a, an odd narrative and mm. I think that you two together questioning stuff and you doing your interesting narratives like doing a back and forth between the two of you sharing verses would be really cool that would be Nice. I'll have to check out J. Cole. In fact, I'm just gonna every time we do one of these things, I'm just gonna make a point of listening to song for each of them. Yeah. So I realized something that I I spend a lot of time listening to music, loads of time listening to music. Um, but most of the time, I'm either singing to it, or I'm beatboxing, or I'm drumming something. And I've realized that I need to spend more time just shutting the fuck up and listening to music. Like, I need to have more actual listening sessions. Mm. Because I'm, like, hearing songs when I get too tired to sing or whatever. I'm sitting there listening to songs that I know, and I'm hearing, you know, new stuff. Stuff that, after I learned the lyrics, I was just singing over the top of. And I didn't didn't actually get to know the music properly. So, yeah. That's just something I, I, I realized about myself last week. And I was like, oh, we have to uh, do something about that. Yeah, I've I found that I have to like so I I recently I've been trying really hard to sort of get out of my comfort zone when it comes to music. So last week I put on an emo rap playlist and I fucked with that for a little bit. And some of it was fucking awful. But some of it was really good and I wouldn't have heard it otherwise. Yeah, yeah. And there's like, like something you can take away from every bit of music. Like Juice World, I understand why they want to go into his back catalogue and 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 pull out some of his music and, and try and re release it because actually really good musician. Um yeah. yeah. Yeah, some of his stuff is shit. Some of his stuff <laughs> is shit. But there's there's enough good stuff to be like, right, what other gems are in his back catalogue? Yeah, yeah. Well you know what? If if some of someone's stuff is shit but a lot of the stuff you listen to you like it, it like surely they have probably written more shit songs than good songs mm. so the fact that you know you're listening to an album full of pretty good songs means probably a good couple of albums worth of shit yep. that, came, that came along with it yep. um, but which is again the like the the uh the idea of only showing your only showing the shiny stuff of what you do, you know, which is why I don't like Weezer. <laughs> Just um, yeah. Oh, what was I going to say? Um, I'd have Harry Gregson Williams judge harshly after too many tequilas, because I think having written the music for Shrek, like I could just yeah. be like, I don't care too much about the sort of music that you make but you're 
good enough that I would have to yeah, listen to yeah, it a little is, bit. Is exactly that was for the same reasons I was going to say things. Yeah, yeah, just somebody, somebody who knows how to write for like, music for film. Mm. Absolutely got some uh, in there both. Um, we absolutely have time for one more if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Spin that shit, DJ. Oh, DJ, spin that shit. Spin the wheel of conversation. What is it going to land on? Spin the wheel of conversation. Behold the power of random. That's the same one again. So let's try again. Spin the wheel of conversation. What is it going to land on? Spin the wheel of conversation. Behold the power of random. Oh, that's literally just Shag Mary Kill again. In the world conversation, what is a guy do? Round on, through the world of conversation. Cool. Um, okay. Uh, discussion. Should there be an age restriction on releasing music? So should there be an age where, like, if you're below this age, you're you're not allowed to like release your own music, but if you're over this age, you are. Interesting. So the reason why. I what say made you think? Um, well, it's it was started off with um, it started off with our discussion about how people are sort of fucked over in the industry. Mm. Um, it's now got to a point where if you enter into a deal, you are being fucked over in some way. It's just not obvious at this point. Should yeah. we allow kids essentially to be exposed to that? Well, I think you hope that if there is a child artist mm. that they have a representation, not their mum, but somebody who is versed in legal matters and like contracts that is on their side because like even if you presented me, a 30-year-old man, with a contract, there's probably shit in there that... Well, there's definitely shit in there that I'm not going to understand. Mm. There's probably stuff that I'm going to miss or misinterpret or, you know, loopholes that I don't notice. Like, even things that aren't said can fuck you over. Yeah. You know? Oh, we didn't say that we'd do this for you, so we're not going to do it for you. Um, so, like, even as an adult, I would need someone. I would need someone to go through the fucking thing with a fine tooth comb. Mm. And I would hope that it is a requirement for somebody under a certain age to have a competent and educated adult in the room with them for all deals that this that this person is going to be a part of. I I feel like that if it isn't already should be legal requirement if you're going to be working with children i don't think it's especially a... when it comes to contracting well yeah i don't know i i don't know what the legality of it is it might be that under the age of 18 you do have to have a parent or guardian and they would be they would at least be clever enough or have their wits about them enough to get some representation but we can't all afford representation yeah, yeah you're right um like, I don't know if I don't know if there's a case of would a lawyer be willing 
to take a cut of the initial mm. payment. I don't know. but I, I guess it must happen. Mm. Um, Mr. Magic Monkey Man says, no, a child shouldn't be screwed over by labels, but it doesn't mean they shouldn't be allowed to release their creations. Instead of teaching them to rely on shady labels, teach them how to freelance, get them online, push themselves, hopefully with a liable team of friends and family alongside them. When they're old enough, they can make their own decisions on whether to sign with some artistic sense of research. So, I think that's that's a way of going about it. But if if somebody if a child is offered the opportunity to work with a major label, mm. should if they then say no, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to go by myself. Is that child being denied the opportunity to? to market themselves correctly because they ha won't have the same opportunities as they had with releasing a label it's a massive grey area yeah but fair. I mean it's 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 the I guess it's the same sort of thing though as is it fair that a kid with rich parents can afford to do things that a kid without rich parents can do yeah uh, that, that you know kid without rich parents can't afford to do um, and it's just sort of and if you're in that position, I mean, if if you're a, if you're a kid who wants to be a big name, if you if you're a kid who wants a pony, and you have the opportunity to suddenly have rich parents who will buy you a pony, then you know that's that's a choice in itself. Like whether that should be something, whether that should be something that a child should be able to decide. Because you know, like I, when I picked my GCSE options, I, I, I wasn't in a position to be <laughs> to be making <laughs> decisions that important. Yeah, and yeah. So when it comes to to uh, record labels, I would at least, because you couldn't even say, even if a lawyer sat down with them and said, "Look, this contract is going to fuck you over." I feel like possibly now that I think about it. As long as the carrot of pony is dangled over their head, you know, we're, we're Sony, well, think, we, we can make you big. I think that a lawyer wouldn't just say, hey, it's up to you whether you take this contract, but you're going to get fucked over. I think that a lawyer would just say, we're not taking this. I don't. Sure, th yeah, I think yeah. that if you have a lawyer, I think they would just go, no, no, you're joking. We're not taking this. Um, I think that there's possible. So I'm not entirely sure as to why I had this on the on the wheel. I'm I'm speculating a little bit, but it could also be the Michael Jackson effect that I'm having. I a, was wondering about that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that if if somebody gets too famous too young, what's the likelihood that they'll get fucked up because of it? And I think again, that's that's also to do with sort of you got to kind of read the room <laughs> on that one. Um, do I think like I, I I asked the question? What's my opinion? Do I think that children or the people under a certain age should be allowed to release music? I think that everyone should be allowed to release music. Do I think that those people should be protected? I think that under a certain age, there should be safeguards in place to say no matter what situation you're in like after under like if you're under 18 if you're approached with a record label you should be allowed to have a lawyer 
without like look at uh, like a, a litigate not a litigation a contract lawyer um should be able to to be up, uh able to to represent that child and that i don't know who would pay for it that's the issue like how do you regulate this yeah like, yeah is it do, does every under under the age of 18 year old have the right to a lawyer in all situations you can imagine though yeah maybe you can imagine that, that that there will be that there might be some sort of service that if this is a, a, something that starts becoming you know a, a thing that is worth paying attention to um because it's happening that is you would you would hope that from that would come an organization of um lawyers who are versed in musical contracts who who make who make a point of working with young artists you know upcoming artists who need help being represented to to record labels and you would hope that they would have um something in place whereby they would take a you know a cut they would take payment after you know the artists have been paid as a as a cut for for getting them the job um just looking to it very briefly that um the musicians union will help with that sort of thing okay so um you would like the first step would be you're a musician become part of the musicians union that's something that i haven't done yet i need to um so first step be part of the musicians union if you're a musician no matter what age you are and then um and then if that sort of thing like happened, that is that is the person who will end up being able to help people through the scenario, provide lawyers, etc. Um, just reading what Mag Mr. Magic Monkey Man says, possibly, but the child's excitement may cloud their judgment. I can't reveal too much, but later my plan is going to be able to help with access, cheap and access to recording equipment, and classrooms. I'll be able, I'll allow anyone to work with me, but my focus will be on the less fortunate helping them how to become self-sufficient and very confident in their own selves. If the child signs too early, and a lawyer won't help. Even mum and dad may not be able to understand the legal speak enough to protect their child from endless screwovers. The lawyer can't help. Sure, that may be a solution, but the idea they'll just refuse. Um, I'd want to make sure my child knew his or her options, including alternate routes, and help them learn the dangers and get into an age where they can make an educated decision for themselves. And yes, in hindsight, I also need to look at the musicians union. Yeah, I think that a lot of what we've talked about, like in the chat and between you and I, I think a lot of that is solved by going through the yeah, musicians yeah. union like are you, i, I keep forgetting that unions are a thing and they're a powerful thing like you're getting screwed over by your workplace no matter what your work is if you're part of a union that has a um, tremendous amount of power and can scare lawyers uh producers con uh, recording uh contracts uh, executives and even uh people in the industries that we're working in on a daily basis just saying i'm part of a union can scare the fuck out of them so yeah so clearly they have power um okay well i i think that for the most part we've we've covered a lot of what we're what we're signing on talking about today um bang on three o'clock like i i don't have to be anywhere this time so i could go on i could keep going on but we have pretty much run the course of the show today um so thank you very much theo for joining me do you want to uh, do any shout outs any plugs yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, I'm Theo Dehaney. You can find me at um, 
Theodore Haney Music on Instagram. I will have this evening um, uploaded a video to YouTube, which will be then followed by a multiple part series. Um, so it's an acoustic song, and I'm making it into a studio version, which we will, which I will be documenting and putting onto YouTube. So tune into that. So what uh, what YouTube channel is that? So that is Theo Dehaney. So just without the music bit. Yeah. The top. So Theo Dehaney for for your for your YouTube. Theo Dehaney music for Instagram. Um, Monkey man, thank you for coming, bud. Try and be here more often. Might set, might set aside the Thursdays for it and move my practice time. Yeah, it's good to have you here, man. Um, it's interesting to to get some some comments in the chat. Like we can we can we can go with just ourselves. We can go with comments in the chat. It's it's. We're we're also figuring out the the flow of the show, and some of it might work, some of it might not. So, um, thank you very much for joining me, dude. Um, my name is Lawrence Hobbs. I am a amateur musician, producer, etc. More of a musician than a producer, to be fair. I'm learning all the production stuff. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, then you can uh, you can join us live next time um, on Twitch.tv. We're, right we're live right now, right now, right this very right second. This. Um, yeah, if you're watching us on YouTube, please go to my go to my Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash oddhobs, and and follow me there because then you'll get notified when the live show is, and you can join in the conversation live right as it's happening, as Mr. Monkey Man has and DS Composing has as well, and whoever asked us if we want to be famous earlier as well. Um, if you're watching on Twitch, well, you can find old episodes of the show and some old streams of uh, of my music creation process on YouTube. Um, if you go to Lawrence Hobbs, then uh... <laughs> so so it's if you're on YouTube, you can do all of this. If you're on Twitch, step one, go to YouTube. Step two, follow above. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a circular thing. Do, do you want to cook this from uh, from frozen? Okay, first defrost it and then cook it from chilled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, if you're what so if you're watching on YouTube. Go to my Twitch and follow. If you're watching on Twitch, go to my YouTube and subscribe. That's all I'm saying. Um, if you would like to hear some of my music, uh, then I'm on Spotify, Lawrence Hobbs. Uh, I have an EP called Leave Me For Worms, Don't Leave Me For Dead, uh, which is, I, I get, I grow I grow more fond of it the more I listen to it. It's not the best EP in the world, but it does the job. Um, it's like having an ugly baby. It's like having an ugly baby that's really good at the fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> Like you're like, oh my god, that baby's ugly, but boy, can he play the freaking fiddle? Webz nine nine six, thank you very very much for the follow, my friend. We are coming to the end of the show, but please join us, join us. I have a feeling that this might be uh, Mr. Tom Webb, um, and if it is, I'm sorry you caught us at the end of the show. But um, thank you again, everyone, for for joining us today. I hope you have an amazing afternoon, amazing evening, an amazing weekend. And if I don't see you during the week, I will definitely see you next Thursday at midday until three. And without further ado, good. Oh, I don't have an. Oh, wait, I don't have an end screen. Oh, I'm still my going, end, man. My end screen's disappeared. Hold on. Hurry, dude. I'm gonna hold on, dude, dude, dude. Um, I need to create the end screen. <laughs> <laughs> you're like shut up so i can concentrate yeah i need to i need to create the end screen so hold on you'll see everything go blank okay oh no there it is
Oh no, oh, I'm in it. There we go. Okay, so yeah. let's let's try that again, shall we? Let's try get let's try getting get, get getting to the end of things again. <laughs> Let me help slap it. Slap <laughs> that. <laughs> okay, right. Without further ado, good. <laughs>